Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. Never fails to deliver another absolute insane week in the NRL box head. Crazy week, crazy weekend, my friend. I am uh, a bit astounded with everything that we've seen. Uh, obviously, started off with the Broncos, probably the Napa kind of situation and how that went down. Uh, and then we moved into Manly versus the Storm, which is always plenty of controversy around that one. The heartbreak of the Cowboys losing that game to South Sydney with a last minute, minute penalty. Uh, the Raiders leading the Dragons and then having Rapana put into the bin, it just continued all weekend uh, with the moments and it just delivers all the time, the rugby league, doesn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. Never stops, but we'll kick things off uh, with our set of six straight away brought to you by Poker Deluxe. The footy season is back and if you are part of a sports team and looking for a fundraiser for your club, look no further than Poker Deluxe. They are the industry leaders in fundraising and have over 10 years' experience. Paul and Adam at Poker Deluxe are very passionate about what they do and they're committed to raise much-needed funds for your local club. The fundraiser comes with a whopping $1,000 profit guarantee as a minimum. They provide all the equipment, host around the night, and over $2,000 worth of prizes. To be won, it's a no-brainer. If you're on a committee or a local footy club, get on board, contact the boys. They have raised over $1.5 million to sporting clubs. 2018, it's your chance to take up this lucrative offer. Contact them, www.pokerdeluxe.com.au, and you get $100 off your fundraiser as well. Tackle one, first and foremost, uh, Parramatta, they are gone. They are gone. Mitchell Moses, I know Brad Fittler has endorsed him or said he enjoyed his time at Lebanon. He's truly in the frame of origin, but as far as I'm concerned, that is absolutely insanity. And the third point in all this is there is a bit of mail getting around today that Brad Arthur has been given a deadline to turn things around, otherwise he will be sacked. And we know that Parramatta have okay, money. So a deadline this season? Basically, yes. Yeah, so well, how are things going to change this season with the roster they've got? Exactly. And I don't understand how you can bring Paulo back and start to make changes if you're not going to at least give him the benefit of the doubt to turn it around after they, well, for lack of a better I, word. I think he deserves... I, look, I think he's got to take some responsibility for this year, no Certainly. doubt, but I think he deserves next year. And we've said this before. They fucked him around in the past when he didn't have control of recruitment, squad contracts when Scott Seawood and all these other people did things behind the doors, which shut them down for a couple of years. Yeah. And he stuck by them when he had lucrative offers to go to the Warriors and other clubs. So as bad as this year's been and as frustrated as I'm sure all the Parramatta fans are, I think in this case, and I know it generally doesn't happen in the NRL, they owe him a reprieve. Yeah, they do. And I, I'm with you. We've said it before. Forward pack, hooker, there's a few spots there. They can't turn around in 12 months. No way. He needs a chance to get to next season. Um, Moses, origin, no way, surely. Please. Given the form, I love Brad Fittler, but he's absolutely insane. If he thinks that the fresh start, I like the idea, but if he's leading our fresh start, that's craziness. No. Um, so no, can't happen. Can't happen. And Parramatta, they're gone. There's no argument about it. 
they're not they're not turning this around. It's yeah. Kenya, and then again, it just everything following this year. Kenny Edwards gets released, aka sacked after all these off field stuff, and they've basically parted ways now. And Bo, Bo Scott, uh, as we said, probably thought he should have retired or been moved on. Uh, he's done his ACL the other night, so no doubt this is the last year of his contract. He'll be finishing up his time at the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, tackle two. Gus's comments, and this is what we're talking about again, about the Origin team. We've all been nutting it out. Everyone's been trying to pick it. Talking about the halves in particular, Maloney's issue in this, that, and the other. And the comments from Gus are, a lot of you are going to be very, very surprised. And obviously, I watched 100% footy last night, and that kind of changed a little bit, saying Yeah, that, but he also said there was going to be a huge story coming out of Manly. That didn't happen. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I think... I don't know whether he's trying to take some heat off Freddie to do the talking for Freddie. Because uh, Laurie Daly did enough of that himself in the past, and yeah, guarantee. There's always a hunger. Like we've been speaking about Origin, it gives me the shits. But there's always a there's a market for it. Everyone people want to talk about Origin in January. Oh, you know, like and for me, first round, first I game. Don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it until Monday, because Monday you know who is fit, who is available, uh, and then you can pick a side. Look, you, you can talk about all the hypotheticals in the world, but come Monday or come Sunday night. Brad Fittler's going to know who's available. He's going to have the form on the board, and hopefully he picks a side based on form. And for me, Mitchell Moses Hell no. No, can't be considered, regardless no. of what he did for Lebanon. He, he needed to have a very strong start with Parramatta. Parramatta would need to be in the top four or at least the top eight, and they've done neither of those things. So for me, it'd be it'd be madness to consider Mitchell Moses. Yeah, I like can't even, He can't even work with Corey Norman in his club side. No, I like the idea of a fresh start, but he's not the one leading it in Jersey 7 for me. But and a fresh start, and we've said this in the past about all the people bagging the shit out of Mitchell Pearce, a fresh start would mean that someone better than what you've currently got. Yeah. And I tend to... I side with Paul Gallen a little bit on what he said on you know 100% footy in that... I think it was last week he was saying, I don't agree with shipping everyone out because I think that the majority of the people who played last year earned their jerseys. Now, I disagree I agree with, with some that. of those. I agree with that probably to 50% of last year's side. I think it deserved their jerseys. I think there's half of that side that could easily be shipped out and hopefully that's what Brad Fittler's talking about. Yeah, well, he we said the other night that he Monday. didn't think anyone else deserved to be in that side from last year. And, there's, and I totally disagree There's with a that. handful that I definitely disagree with on that form of things, but... The fresh start, let's hope it is a positive one, and some of the names are, are going to be no-brainers, I think, but we won't know until Monday. Mm. Point three, or tackle three, Napa obviously got sent off the other night. Uh, Trent Robinson was furious afterwards. It was sent to the match review committee. They deemed it a non-charge. It turns out that Corbin Sims has broken his jaw. Wayne Bennett, obviously filthy. And then Todd Greenberg comes out yesterday and says that the match review committee got it wrong. So, on so both... we've got three different messages exactly. from three different peoples underneath the same roof. Yeah, and How under, does that happen? Under both sides of it, though, straight away. And if you're a Roosters fan or you're a Broncos fan, both your coaches are obviously going to have differing opinions. The Brisbane coach, Wayne Bennett, obviously pissed off. His player got injured. Bloke didn't get charged, so he's not happy. On Robinson's side of things, he's not happy. His player got sin-binned. They lost the game, and he didn't give that as an excuse for them losing the game. He said there's other reasons why they lost, but he felt that that shouldn't have been a send-off, and it was at a critical time. And then you've got Todd Greenburn coming out and saying, if you're erring on the side of player welfare, which you always should, there should have been a charge. Okay, so what are they going to charge him with? Well, that's the thing. There's, what are they going to charge him with? That's all, what I would like to know. All How, I've seen... Careless, careless what? All I've seen... Careless tackle technique, yeah. because you can't... There is absolutely no way... 
that he led with his intentionally led with his head. His his eyes weren't even facing no, Corbin he's, Sims. He turned away. As he you set should. for a left. If you haven't heard what Trent Robinson said in the press conference, go and listen to what he said because I can't articulate it any better than how he articulated it. He, he said basically he set for a left shoulder tackle. He's you know put his head down or not put his head down but brace for it. Corbin Sims has realised, tried to move across, didn't get there. Mm. They clashed heads. It happens in. Every game, not to that extent, but no. there is a head clash in every game. This is my issue, and I bring this up again. Everyone goes, oh, the kids and the parents, and that this is NRL, top-level football. Accidents will happen. If we are going to keep sanitizing it down when ac- even accidents happening and charging blokes for doing what they're supposed to do as professionals, and these incidents are always going to happen. It's an accident. It's an accident. That's all it's it an is. accident. You cannot, you cannot say, and that was the, the sin bin, which gave me the shits, intentionally led with your head. That's basically like saying you put your arms down and you've speared in with your melon. His arms are there, feet are down. Is the technique a bit loose? Yes, but how many times has he hit blokes that way when he tackles? All right. Go. And the other thing as well, people go, oh, the slow-mo looks so bad. The slow-mo gives you the idea of what we just said before. Feet are planted, arms are a bit wide, but you're allowed to hit with the shoulder first, then wrap with your arms. He was trying to hit with the shoulder first, arms to follow afterwards. It is an accident. I I couldn't put it any other way. Okay, but. so and then you have the referees who penalise him and then sin bit him. Mm. You can't. I, I don't. I don't understand where in the rules it says that or there's a precedent been set that that is a sin bin. Yeah, it hasn't been a sin bin. What happens if a sin bin has been a professional foul or for repeated infringements? They should have sent him if they thought yeah, it was intentional exactly. content. It, uh, it should have been sent. And my argument again: What happens if Napa was knocked out from the head? Well, nothing as well? would have happened. Exactly, nothing would have happened. It's an accident. So it's hypocritical it's in accident. the way that it's officiated. So for me, it, it really you can really narrow it down and say that the, at the moment the messages coming out of the NRL are inconsistent. Well, there's another one coming up and we'll get to it in a second. Mm. Tackle four is the Cowboys, much like the Eels. Uh, they're gone. We've already said a couple of weeks ago that they're on life support and we thought they were done, but the weekend, it couldn't have happened in a more heartbreaking fashion. But let's be honest, for everyone that was trying to say, well, that was positive and they gave everything, they still weren't impressive. Uh, Sam Burgess went off before halftime, as did Alex Johnson. They played a 15-minute south side. They took every penalty goal under the sun to try and keep themselves into the game. Was the penalty at the end harsh? Uh, it was the correct call. Consistency, yes, people are angry about that because about that, it's happened a million times in the past, but this year that is the way they're refereeing things. They'll blow absolutely anything. Yeah. I heard the referees, Mike. He called Jake Granville's name 100 times. Don't be offside. Uh, was it heartbreaking? Yes, because plenty of us think and still or would think, looking at that side, that they would be one of the premiership heavyweights, but it's not to be. Do I think they looked better with Morgan at fullback, Martin in the halves? Yes, I you do. You know what shits me about that? About that call um, for Granville being offside? They weren't going to call that until Adam Reynolds missed the field goal. Field goal, exactly. Right, so if the field goal goes over, that what is- advantage does South get out of him being offside? It should have been penalised as soon as he left yeah. – and had an impact on the play, regardless whether that kick went over or not. Yeah. There should have been a penalty to South. Mm-hmm. They waited, and I, I have it. I thought for a split second there he was going to let it go. Yeah, so did I. And I heard him say, "Jake, Jake, 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 yeah. Jake," because it I made mean, him reset for his shot. They should have penalised him before the shot because South gained no advantage out of him then making the field goal. It goes to golden point. Mm. So, mm. yeah, I, I'm just. Bitterly disappointed. Uh, there's got to be turnover. And I'm still disappointed in Paul Green for all the raps we've, uh, that have been on him and getting re-signed and all this and that. I know he can't make the halves work. But that, that's something they kind of have to figure out themselves. But if you are this next-level coach, you've been locked in for the future, he should have, to me, done a better job at rolling in some of these younger guys, making some of these guys more accountable. Because let's be honest, there's been bugger all change over the last couple of years. 
But an RA to Isla, bringing a center off the bench is just strange to me. I thought Molo and Jensen bring a bit of leg speed and impact that they've been lacking. Um, I just There's got to be some changes now, surely. They've named an unchanged lineup this week from what I've seen with a few guys on the reserves list. But like Coots obviously going to be moving out. We've got strong mail that Valentine Holmes will be heading home to Townsville and North Queensland where he's from to be playing with them next year. There's got to be some more changes, though. Mm. If an RA Tuala, Molo, a couple more of these kids can't find some game time, I'm not here. Um, it, it's reached that point. Yeah, fair. And there's a heavy crux of it. You're Gavin Coopers, Matt Scott. I don't, I don't know how bad that knee is or whether he's going to play on. A rollover needs to happen now because, to be honest, that premiership window could be closing. It looked like it was open for one last title crack. has come crumbling down, obviously, this season. But for next year, uh, given what's on the market and what I've looked at, I don't think there's a whole lot to be able to turn around overnight. But your future right now is going to be Morgan with Tamari Martin and you've got the young kid Clifford, who was the 20s player of the year, pushing up there possibly to play six if Martin's not in form. If you get Holmes, there's your fullback option. Or do you play Martin with Clifford if you don't get Holmes and Morgan plays fullback next year? Hmm. They've got some questions that need to be answered moving forward. Um, so, yeah, it's got to start soon though. Yeah. It's they, got to yeah, start they got to shake it up. Justin O'Neill, Winnerstein, Lynette off the peck injury, all these guys that are 30 plus or getting around there. Been? Is he injured? He's on the bench and he's been ordinary this yeah. year. He hasn't quite been the same since his neck injury. And he, hasn't, I'll give he hasn't had an impact. Some credence to that, but he's fallen off the radar massively. So massively, yeah. um, there's got to be some turnover there. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Bitterly disappointing season, though, after all the expectation. Uh, fifth tackle, Manly versus the Storm. It never fails to deliver. But at the same time, and take me being a Melbourne fan, I wasn't disappointed in the result. I just thought the game was shit. It was. Everyone was really excited about it and going, it's great. It was park football. That's A-grade footy. Yeah. There was 25 penalties. I wasn't impressed with the fight, although like most people, and again, no Melbourne bison at all, I'm pretty sure 99% of people, bar Manly fans, were happy to see Dylan Walker get punched. Uh, it's finally happened. I know I was. Where they took away, you know, it, that's the other problem again. Like, I don't condone the, the punching rule, but it brought people in with more lip than ever before. Guys run into fights that never would run in prior when they used to be a threat of getting punched. But, um, yeah, I just didn't enjoy the game, to be honest. Uh, four bins, one sent off. It was just thug football. Melbourne were terrible. I thought Manly showed more composure, in particular, Hodkinson when he came in with Daily Cherry Evans. They got back on track and played some yeah. football. Uh, and the well, big all, thing, yeah, you know, yeah. that was the timekeeper issue, yeah. I suppose. And the fight. So yep. the fight started that. Um, Curtis Scott, I can copy him, been, uh, been sent off. Yeah, he bit. <sighs> yeah, and, and, but uh, how long are you going to allow blokes to run in and push and shove? And, you know, and then we, we had some mates over on Sunday and we were watching the footy, having a few beers, and things got a little bit heated at one point there because I was sort of saying that, I didn't think Api Corusau ran in. Api Corusau was there. They were saying, oh, he got sinned in because A, threw a punch and he ran in. Well, he didn't run in. He was already there. I I get the argument that you got to sin bin him for punching. Mm. Um, you know, And the argument is, well, he punched Curtis Scott when he wasn't looking. I'm like, well, a fight's on a fight's on. Once a punch gets thrown, punches get thrown. That's that's how it works. Like, However they want to handle that, I don't have a massive issue with. But my my whole issue is is if, if we're going to have rules in place for people running in, then enforce them. People have been running in for the last three years ever since they've brought that rule in and they've been able to get away with it and they've been able to push and shove and niggle and talk as much shit as they want and there's no real leveler for that on the field. Well, they're getting to the point where they're almost going to have to bring in NFL-style taunting well, rules that's for guys. I, that's where I'm that's going where it's got to get to. So if it gets to the point where you're running in and you're inciting a fight or inciting a melee... You should be sat down for 10. And I heard, I think it was Kenny or someone say the other day, they go, oh, they've been 
lip since, you know, 1908 when it first started. And he said, yeah, well, blokes will be able to punch for 90 out of those years as well. Mm. So for the amount of crap that got talked, and it would have been a lot less than what it is now, yeah. um, there was a way to vent or get people back. Correct. But in this sense, Dylan Walker's been running wild the last couple of years. The Canberra game last year where they kicked that penalty goal and he baited all those guys. The amount of shit talk in the Penrith game round 26 last year and then they ended up losing the next week when he couldn't back it up in the finals. Like, if you're going to keep putting yourself up there, you're going to be a victim eventually. And from murmurs I heard, he's basically already told people or players around that he's not going to be backing off and he looks forward to baiting Curtis Scott again the next time they play. So if that's his attitude towards it, uh, you know, getting cracked and getting a fractured eye socket clearly hasn't learnt anything. Well, you get what you deserve. But early on the game, again, I, I kind of agree. And a lot of them said he shouldn't have been Sinbid because all he did was be a punching bag. But he got warned twice early on about offsides. So what did he get Sinbid And then he went in again and pushed him after the things died down. So he kind of escalated it again to when Scott obviously cracked. Should Scott have been sent off? 100%. Should the suspension match the injury? I don't like when people say that. Um, it's four to six weeks. He's got three weeks. I think he gets two with an early guilty plea. Yeah, two with an early. If it was my way of thinking the other day, though, I think... Dylan Walker probably doesn't get suspended. Uh, sorry, sent a sinbind because he didn't throw a punch. Uh, Scott definitely gets sent, but I disagree with you. I think Arpy throwing a blind punch when it wasn't his fight uh, deserves to be sent off for the rest of the game. Hmm. The yeah, timekeeping issue for me, it was a punch was a sinbinding, not a send off. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, I, I don't get it. They so sent off my, Scott, my so. argument's not that. It's just like, well, where are we going with this? Like. Yeah. I, I don't get it, but then the Dylan Napa ones are sin, sin binning. I, I don't. I just don't get where what what categorises a send off and what categorises a sin binning is what I'm confused with. Yeah. Because I looked at what Happy Coruscant did, and I thought that's a sin binning. Yeah. So I thought they got it right from what I know about yeah, how we categorise send offs and, and sin bins. But then people's argument is, well, Curtis Scott threw a punch and got sent, so so should Havapi. Yeah, but they're going more about the societal but issue I, and the fact I, it was a coward punch. He wasn't looking. We're and not. Hit him for it's the not side, on the so. street. Yeah, but it's I not think on the street. It's, it's, still, a, it's a game. It's people a still see things that way. I think so. That's yeah. that's the way it's being. I, framed, I don't yeah. think. I don't think we've got a responsibility to enforce laws that are enforced on the street because you can't run up and build a bloke in the street either, like we do in rugby league. You know, mm. there's rules within our game, and we should just administer the rules within the game. Yeah. That's it. Well, I, the, I get that it's a bad look, but you can't tell me that taunting and talking shit and poking and bitch slapping and grabbing and jersey pulling and fuckering around like they are isn't a good look anyway. It's not, not a good look. And, just and get just get rid of it. I, I think we've got to a point now where Curtis Scott's been the one who's actually actioned it. Yeah. But we've been calling for someone to whack whack someone that yeah. runs in for, for Yonks and Dylan Walker. You know, he goes talk what was his line? Talk shit, get hit. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it's dumb. Photo, it's just so. fucking dumb. Yeah. You know, and Trent Barrett, yeah, that's real smart, Dylan. You're now out for six weeks, mate. Mm. So I thought I thought the uh, just as bad a look was when Happy Coruscant was walking off. He's inciting the crowd and clapping and sticking his like, mate, come on, yeah. you're a dope, not smart. Uh, and the last bit to come out of this obviously was the timekeeper issue, which the NRL oh, well, tried to fucking come up. They tried to put it well. back on the clubs and then tried to put it on Melbourne. And then Todd Greenberg comes out again yesterday and owns it finally. Well, I don't know. I don't understand how they can't own it because. On the night, okay. On the night, it was after the game. Vossi, they they went down to Vossi. Fox League went down to Vossi. Vossi said, "Listen, it's this is what the rule is. The rule states that yeah, both, both sides are supposed to have a representative. Manly didn't. That then fell back onto Melbourne. Melbourne. Frank so for me, straight away, I was like, 
Well, in the coverage, Melbourne's Frank Panisi was the one over there saying, yeah. hey, man, you've got this wrong. And I, I heard, him, said, heard him say to the NRL ground manager during the game, you've mate, you've wrong. stuffed this up. Yeah. So it's pretty him. clear that Frank Panisi was keeping time. He knew it was wrong. He reported it to the ground manager. So what should have happened was either the ground manager writes a report, says that Manly have put him on, they didn't have a representative there, and then it goes to you know the NRL to make a decision on whether they, they get the points suspended well, or not. He knew or, he fucked up. Or the ground manager stops the game. Yeah, he knew he get fucked him off. up, though. He did. He so, went straight back to his chair, they put the camera on him, he was already slid down. And again, the NRL... Oh, they just try and throw people to, off under the bus. They've ducked and waved it, like, just cop that on the chin. And the other side of well, the... Well, the... Like, the, 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 the and look, I'll, I'll make an excuse for the ground manager because it's come out, or I've got information that he was making a phone call to the NRL, two representatives at the NRL, to check the HIA rule. So yeah. because Dylan Walker had a fractured eye socket, he needed to undergo a HIA. He was wondering whether Dylan Walker had to return to the field and then come off for a HIA, whether that was legal, or whether someone was able to go onto the field at the end of the 10 minutes to replace Dylan Walker. During that time, because he was keeping the time on his phone... He hasn't stopped it when there was a stoppage in play. Yeah. That's where the he's mishap has happened. So I don't think he stuffed it up. Like he's made an honest mistake. Yeah. What I what I think is is that the fact that they haven't honestly owned it. Yeah. Just explain that, and we go. Oh, look, that's. Yeah. We'll cop that. We're not going to throw him under the bus. I don't, again, I don't blame the ground manager. It didn't affect the I result. I blame the process. There should there should be someone like we've got a bunker, we've got a video ref, yeah. we've got touchies, we've got all these people there, we've got managers for both sides. Surely there's someone there that can, as soon as someone comes off for a sim bidding, you mm. know, whether it is the club's responsibility, okay, every club now has to have a timekeeper. And, you know, you're smoking cigars if there's no sin bidding, if you're the timekeeper. Yeah. But just employ 100 bucks a game, whatever and My thing is. is, again, out of this, people are like, oh, well, they lose points. Well, this happened. None of that bullshit. I didn't affect <laughs> the game. No one should lose points. But how do we fuck this up? I, I don't I don't agree with Buzz Rothfield very often. No, Buzz. But last night on NRL 360, on Monday night, he said they get it right in under sixes, under sevens. They and do. he's spot on. We get it right at park footy. Yeah. We've had blokes bin. They sit down straight next to her. You run the clock. And if well, our manager does it. Harold Matthews, SG Ball. The manager does it. She's got, the, she's got the stopwatch. Click. Boom. Away we go. Yeah. And exactly. They've got defined roles. Frank Panisi yeah. shouldn't have to watch the sin bin clock, work the walkie-talkie, well, use the did. headphones, the thing is, do the interchanges, did. and he was doing all of it. He like, got it right. Like, far out. Uh, the last thing we've got here is our origin teams. Yep. And we said this last week. Uh, like you said, we don't want to talk up to the point. Obviously, there's one more round to go, but... Our teams, obviously, this is our last chance before they get named next week. Uh, this is our teams, not what we think they will name, basically. So yep. uh, you got your list there, Boxhead? I'll get my email up, yeah. Well, I'm going to start with Queensland. You go. I'm not going to start with New South Wales. I'm going to start with Queensland. And yep. I'm going to go with what I said last week, and I'm going to explain a little bit afterwards. But if I was picking it tomorrow, I would have Billy Slater at fullback. Uh, I would have this is the hard one on the wing between Holmes and Oates I think Oates has had a better year all around but they're talking about needing a goal kicker and Holmes possibly being that person so for that alone is well, he the best option I don't know but... I've picked both of them I've picked Holmes and Oates they're my two wingers alright well Inglis and Chambers yep, are my centers. so you've got same. Gagai out who have I got? Gagai out so I've got hang on a minute you said Holmes and Oates on the wings Chambers and Inglis 
So you've got Gagai out and the like man of the series from oh, last no, year. I walk wouldn't be able to. No, and that's why I've got. I'd, it. have, hard, but... I'd have Oates out and have Holmes in there. Yeah. yeah, well, it's more for the goal kicking. So we've got yeah. the same back five. But in all honesty, and I said this last week, he's very unlucky. Corey I know Gus has even said it last night. I they debuted seven players last year. If it was me, I'd be blooding. I'd be continuing the blooding. I'd be moving on from all the old blokes, but. Uh, Munster is my six. Hunt yep. is my seven. Same. Oh, no, actually, I've gone a little bit different here. Okay. Go. Well, Jared Wallace is my first front row. McCulloch is the nine. I don't think there's an argument about that. My other front row is Maguire. For me, he's not going to be... They need front rowers, and I'm not picking Scott. So I have Maguire playing up front. Felice Kafusi in the back row with Josh Papali starting there. So Gavin Cooper, same deal. I'm moving on. He's not in my side. And the 13 is Jai Arrow because he's outstanding. I don't care how many games he's played. He's got the motor. He's got the footwork, offloads, tackle busts. I'm playing him. My bench, Morgan is the utility. Cohen Hess can play tight and as an edge off the bench. Dylan Napa comes off the bench. And my last spot, uh, a lot of people don't like him, but he's not playing that bad. And I don't understand the hate on him for him so badly, but I'm picking Aiden Guerra. And 18th man is Ponga. But in all honesty, if I had it my way and I'm a Melbourne person, I would move on even from Billy Slater, but they won't. I just think that if you blooded seven last year and you've beaten us, why not keep it going now? We're probably going to have you know nine to ten debutants, and I know Billy has is basically the best fullback we've ever seen. But on form, he's been hit and miss this year, and on the weekend he wasn't much better again. And Callum Pong is running red hot, so the only player with Cronk, Smith, Thurston gone, Darius Boyd out, Cooper I wouldn't pick, and Scott I wouldn't pick. The only player I would have spared from that older guard that's remaining is Greg Inglis because I think he'll play for two or three more years. Interesting. But I will give Slater. I know they're going to pick him, so there's no use. Who are your bench front rowers for Queensland? Napa is going to be one of them. I think Hess can play tight and as an edge, and they can rotate Papali in as a middle if they need to and swap that around. And Guerra can obviously play tight and edge as well. And I think he's doing a solid job. My five, one to five are the same as yours, but I reckon they've got to get Ponga in their side. So I've gone Morgan and Munster in the halves, Wallace and Glasby as the front rowers. I'll put Ben Hunt at hooker. I've got Papali and Kafusi in the back row. Maguire at lock. I reckon they're going to need to go with a bigger lock. I've got Jai Arrow on the bench. Dylan Napa, Cohen Hess and Callum Ponga. So we're I'd, pretty I'd similar, fit, but you've shuffled I'd fit it. fit Ponga in. We've got a different bench utility. Mine's Ponga, yeah. You've so, got... so I've basically I've, I've put McCulloch out to so fit Ponga in. What are you doing with your hooker? You think Ben Hunt's going to be able to last the 80? Yeah. That's my or main I'd roll, issue. Or I'd roll Ponga on and play Morgan at nine I, I'd, or play Maguire at nine. I don't care. Yeah, okay. So, And then on the outside looking in, and this is just not from me, but this is stuff that I'm hearing, Offerhand Gowie is well in the frame as well if they go with another front rower. I know Glasby's back from injury and he was there last year, but let's. I'm not taking anything away from him. A lot of the word was that Cameron Smith had a big part to play with that in the Melbourne players, that they knew that he could do a job for 10, 15 minutes, find his front, and he did do that. So I don't know whether he'll be considered now that most of that Melbourne guard has moved on. Yeah. Um, but I'm hearing strongly that Offerhand Gowie is definitely in the mix to possibly get picked. Well, okay. uh, there's another one there. Again, he's not going to get considered, but if you want off his club form, he's eligible. No, no, McDonald. Their wingers are outstanding, but if you go off his club form and his yardage work and his finishing, he's actually eligible for Queensland. Yeah. I know he won't get picked, but uh, to have Holmes, Oates, Gagai, who was the man of the series last year, and then someone like that, you know, there's not really anyone else I think that was in the mix. People talk about Cherry Evans. They can say what they want. There's not a problem there. There's definitely a problem there for him not to be in, uh, regardless of form. They've definitely got an issue with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot of depth there for them. But for, from my own honest perspective, if they moved on from Slater, Scott, Cooper, and I said this to you last week, I wouldn't have a problem. But they won't. I reckon Inglis, 
definitely he's going to be spared. I think Slade is going to be picked, and I think they still may pick Cooper, which I think is a mistake. And I wouldn't pick Matt Scott, but I think that may happen too, depending on that knee. Mm. New South Wales, who's your fullback? James Tedesco. I've gone Tedesco as well. Uh, and it's a hard-fought one because obviously everyone talks about Tom and he's got a better pass, but uh, I still think that in the last four weeks or so, what we've been watching, that Tedesco did a good job last year. I think he's played the better football over the last month, so I'm going with Tedesco. Who are your wingers? My wingers are Josh Adokar and Tom Trevojevic. I'm going to get Tommy into the team. All right, well, I've gone Josh Adokar and Nick Kotrick. So I've left Tom out. I thought about putting him on the wing, and I know they've talked about the centre thing, but I just... I just think if you've got to get that pass, you can roll Tedesco to the wing and play Trevojevic yep. as an extra fullback. I looked at yardage and just thought, I know he carries strong in open field, but will he do a good job from dummy half? And as far as tackle breaks are concerned, if you look at that side of things, uh, Kotrick has 80 of those. Addo Carr has 50. I think Trevojevic has got 44, and that's coming from open play. So will he be as effective from dummy half? So I've gone those two more for set start. Who are your centres? Uh, I've gone the pair that battled it out on Friday night. I've gone James Robertson, Latrell Mitchell. And I've gone with you on that as well. Uh, 50 tackle breaks between them. And I looked at you and Aiken. He is probably better from the dummy half position. But the other thing I've got questions on, and I know both those other two guys have got questions on their defence, that right edge of St. George, a lot of teams have gone after. It was gone after again on the weekend. And you and Aiken, Melbourne went after it and scored all those tries with Adokar on that edge. So... I think Aiken still may end up being in there. And my reasoning for that is they're talking about culture. Mm-hmm. And I know that James Roberts had some problems in the past. It's been mentioned he's on a total media ban. He's still not allowed to talk to the media. So if he's that much of a liability and being in camp, I don't know if that'll count against him. But uh, I'm with you. I'd, I'd go Latrell and I'd go Roberts. But it wouldn't surprise me if Aiken was in. Mm. Harves, I don't even think there's an argument. I'm picking the Penrith Harves. Yeah. Cleary surprised me on the weekend how well he played. They look really good together. Maloney misses all these tackles, blah, blah, blah. He's missed him his whole career. Um, they've got two gun goal kickers there. You've got plenty of control. I don't, I don't think that's an argument. Kiri has been good this year, oh, but man. I couldn't pick Kiri. I'm picking the halves from Penrith. Yeah. Who's your front row? Uh, Vaughan and Campbell Gillard. I agree on that. Who is your nine? This is one that everyone's seen. Cameron McInnes. I'm going McInnes as well, and this is the one that a lot of people are blowing up about, but the subtlety of McInnes around the ruck, manipulation, getting forwards over the ad line, and I'm willing to say it right now, He's the best defensive hooker in the competition. Well, there you go. And why he doesn't have the bursts that you see sometimes and clean line breaks that Damian Cook has, he still created two line breaks on the weekend and set one of those tries up. So he's doing enough out of dummy half, and the options are going to be more limited in origin. Yeah. So I'm taking the best defensive nine who has a well-rounded game. Your back row. Uh, I'm going to shock a few here. I've got um, Angus Crichton and Tyson Brazil. All right. So you've. I've left Corner out. I just. For the first six to seven weeks, I was like, yeah, he'll come good, he'll come good, he'll come good. He just hasn't. No. Hasn't come good. I don't know whether he's carrying an injury, but I think it's it's a time here where Freddie needs to put his stamp on the on the side and say, just because your captain doesn't mean you get picked um, or the former captain doesn't give you a right to be selected if you're not playing up to standard at club footy. I think he's had ample opportunity and I just think Angus Crichton in the last month has just been killing it. He's a big body. He's got a point of difference. He can pass. He can offload. Um, he can do things pre-line, post-line, in the line. I just think he, he offers more threats than Boyd Cordner does at this point in time. And, and I really like Boyd Cordner. Well, I had him in and mainly for the reason I still think he'll get picked. I think Freddie will give him a reprieve. But if it was me, I'd be similar to you. But I'd have Sims and Frizzell and Jake would be my lock, Jake Draboyevich. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having Cordner, I've left him in. because. Well, so are we, are we doing our lock as well? 
Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, my lock is Jake Tavori. And my bench, um, I have Tyron Peachy. I'm not carrying the second hooker. I'm taking a man that can play center, 5, 8, 9, 13, back row. He can play everywhere. Yeah. I, I get the argument for two nines, but I think it's more useful to have a player like that that is an absolute spark plug and can do multiple roles. I've got DeBellin and Sims. That's if Cordner gets picked. And then the last spot was an argument for me between Jackson and Clemmer, but I'm going Jackson. I'm going a bunch of locks, speed kills, footwork, power, and they're all strong defensively. I just want to blow Queensland off the park, getting over the ad line, footwork, pushing in numbers. Yeah, I've got Peachy, DeBellin, Marin, uh, Trent Marin. I don't think you had Marin, did you? No. Um, and Dave Clemmer. So I've basically gone no front rollers on the bench. I've, I've got, got Well, I've got DeBellin to cover um, lock. And lock he could, is he, could play, he could play front row. Lock I've is got Merrin again. Cover he can cover lock and front row. Clemmer is an out and out front rower. Mm. I'd just roll Clemmer and RCG over. I think they're both that mental case that you need on the field. Vaughan's going to get through his work, and then Peachy for me. Peachy could play nine. Peachy could play back row. Peachy could play center. Yeah. Peachy could play anywhere. So it just gives you that versatility to come on. And uh, I'd, I'd love to pick Cook. And look, I'd be happy if they, if they went if Freddie came in and went. I'm picking Cook. Either way, I'm happy with the nine. So if if it was Peachy out and Cook in, I wouldn't have an argument. And this is the one thing I've got to say. For once, if they pick Tom or Tedesco, I'll cop it. If they pick Kotrick, Adokar, or you know Tom on a wing, I'll cop it. And even the centers, if it's Aiken, Roberts, Latrell, I'll cop it. Yeah, I'm with you. The halves to me is a non-negotiable. If it's not Maloney and Cleary, I don't agree with that. If they go with Cook over McInnes. I still think maybe defensively, but I'll cop that too because his form's been outstanding. So yeah. all around, the big one for me is the front row. If Aaron Woods gets in this team, I'm going to be absolutely flabbergasted. Yeah, and Clemmer, you're not the only one. Clemmer's done enough to probably get himself a spot on the bench, and in mine, I'm probably a little bit harsh. It wouldn't, I'd be happily swap him for Jackson. But I'm just looking at it going, Jackson can play middle and edge, and he played his better football last year Clemmer's in the middle. Do you think Clemmer's been playing that bad? No. I, don't think, I think Clemmer's been But I just good. prefer to play that mobile team, and I like those guys, and I think they can all have more impact than just having a pure front row. Yeah. Jackson was awesome at 13 last year. He won a man of the match award in 25 minutes and he was awesome on the weekend. Can yeah. play an edge. Sims has played prop the last year and a half before so he you, moved back to you the wouldn't edge. pick Crichton? No, not at the moment. I think the last month has been good. Don't but you think Crichton offers more than Jackson, but as a ball player, as a threat? I don't think he could play middle. I think he's more just an edge. I'm taking more the option that I can defend these players middle and edge and get that and kind you, of front you row role. in your side just because you think he'll get picked. If he was out, I'd be happy to have what you've just said. Sims or Clark. I'd be happy to have him or Clemmer and Jackson would still make it, but it would be an argument between those guys on the bench. Mm. Wade Graham for me would have been heavily featured if he was in form and healthy, but he's not. See, to me, I think you can only pick two of these three, and that would be Jake Trebojevic, Jack DeBellin, and Josh Jackson. I think you can only pick two of those three. Yep. And I've gone with what I think of the form too, and I don't think... Josh Jackson's out of form. I just think the other two are in better form in Jake and um, Jack DeBella. Yep. Well, we'll have to wait until Monday to find out, but there you go. Massive start, set of six. Obviously, finishing off there are their origin teams. We now move on to the power rankings brought to you by Penrith Solar Center. They say defense is the best offense, so what defense have you got in, uh, in place against the nasty situation of rising power bills? Penrith Solar Center is Western Sydney's leader in solar specialists. Whilst you have little control over your team's outcome, the expert team at PSC are devoted to giving you control back of your bills and the power. Let the sun work for your home and your back pocket. Save thousands per year. It may be the difference between good or great seats at the NRL Grand Final. Contact the team on 1800 20 29 30 to discuss how they can make you the real winners this season. www.penrosola.com.au Get in touch with Jake and the boys there. 
Number one, who's your number one? The St. George Dragons. Yep, I've left them at one for obvious reasons. Number two. The Panthers. They'll play yep. off for that for and me this weekend. Exactly. Didn't want to change it because they're going to play this weekend. Number yep. three. Uh, I've got the Rabbitohs. I've got Souths as well. Tough win you on the weekend. You them up, mate. Mate, they've, pro- they've proved it. They lost uh, Burgess on the weekend. They lost Johnson. They still found a way to get the job done. Number four. I've got the Warriors. I do too. Mm, and, hard um, one. But for, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Despite the blowouts, you've got to look at the fact that they had multiple players out. They have basically haven't gone a week without a spine change. They've had Johnson out. They've had Luke out. Sheck didn't come this week. They still found a way to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's your five? Uh, the Sharks. Okay. On the back of five in a row, um, I've, I've bumped them up a little bit. I gave Melbourne some mercy at five, but at the moment they're on wobbly legs. But the yeah. reason I've held is because Jesse Bromwich is back this week. Cameron Smith is back. And I think in particular, I've said to you the last few weeks, it's underappreciated how good Jesse Bromwich is and how important he is to that rotation. Yeah. So I've given them a reprieve. Well, they're at six for me. Yeah, I've got the Sharks at six, five in a row, yeah. and everyone's going, oh, but look at the teams they've played. Well, you've also got to look back at the they fact that Melbourne. they've beat Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, they've beat the, someone else I was trying to think about the other day. They had that disappointing loss to the Roosters. They went close to beating the Dragons. But it was half yeah. off kicks. Um, you know, they've had a couple. And they beat Penrith. They, they did, frustrated they Penrith, Penrith in it, yeah. you know. Number seven. The Roosters. I've got the Tigers. They're hanging in. Uh, disappointing the other night, but I thought, despite the fact I thought they were under fire the whole game, they didn't quit. They defended the whole way. They yep. could have got blown off the park by 40, to be honest, but they just scrambled and scrambled. And eight. I've got the Broncos. I've put the Broncos in at eight. Now, oh, we copped a little bit of hate on social media that we ah. bag out Brisbane all the time. Look, I, I think Brisbane have had, well, they've had a couple of controversial victories this year. That, that yep. one on Friday night was pretty controversial. They had the one against the Tigers, which I thought was pretty controversial at Campbelltown. Yeah. And the other one was the one against the Bulldogs, yeah. who were all decided by dodgy refereeing decisions that went Brisbane's way. Um, I, they're, they're six and five, but could easily you know, have lost a couple of those games. So yeah. for me, I, I think the Tigers are slipping a little bit, just in that offensively, I don't know whether they've got the same strike power as what Brisbane do. Yeah, um, And I just think on a, on a neutral field... With even refereeing decisions, the Roosters would beat the Broncos at the moment. I think the Broncos got away with that result, but I've bumped them. They're in my eight, I think, for the first time this year. They might. No, you've had them in before. Have I? Lower. Yeah, I've mate. got them in my eight, and the Roosters are out. And I'm, the mm. other thing I've said this again, I've said this to everyone that listens, if you are offended by f- critical football analysis, you're listening no, to the I'm wrong just show. Justify, I'm just justifying why yeah, know, I know, Brisbane but fans are out there be jumping up and down. People like, that listen in every so often to get someone get personal just because it's your team. No, it's we not, are no. giving this from a football perspective. If you don't like the assessment that Jack Bird has been you know, an absolute waste of money and the fact they didn't address a number seven to control things, we have given them plenty of credit. They've got one of the best young forward packs in the game. Mm. They've got a great number nine. Their back line's looking quite good. But in the critical areas, in the spine, I don't understand how you could re-sign Darius Boyd for a couple of years, but we know why, because Wayne Bennett loves him. Mm. And then he comes out and talks about, you know, borderline being retirement. And then you don't keep Ben Hunt, but you spend $900,000 on Jack Bird, who's not a half, who's not a lock, and he's playing centre. Yeah. To me, if you keep Ben Hunt, they're probably a top four team right now with Offerhand Gowie playing the way he is. Pangai Jr., Lodge is playing some good football. Sua, uh, there's some real good footballers there. But I just think the more critical thing at the end of the day is they still didn't get the number seven that was needed and they lack control at time in games. Yeah. They're going to win plenty of games because they've just got some great individuals. Yeah, they're going to be around the bottom of the eight. They're going to be in that. But in all honesty... The cluster of teams at the moment, I, I think the cluster of teams are going to be the Tigers, the Broncos, the Raiders. I think they're three teams that will really battle it out 
for those spots. The Roosters may slip back into that. I'd be surprised if they did. Um, and then the obvious one is the Knights. They, they're talking about Mitchell Pearce being back within the month, which would be mm. pretty big news. I don't know about don't that. Know. The Seagulls have won, what, now two in a row. They've jumped up a little bit. But yeah. I think from the Seagulls down, I'm pretty confident that Manly, Gold Coast, Dogs, Cowboys, Eels, for me, have been clearly the the bottom five teams. So from 11 up, I, you could talk me into any of those sides making the eight, particularly Canberra. Like how many, how many close games have Canberra lost this year? Oh, same old, same old. Nothing's yeah. changed with them, that's for sure. Uh, I had the Broncos in my eight too. Like people are getting offended. We give critical analysis on what we say every single week, but are they honestly? Oh, I did not have Are they honestly a premiership threat? No, yeah. I don't think they are. And I put them at the bottom of my eight because they're a club that just always seems to find a way. So it wouldn't surprise me if they were in the finals. And uh, it just yeah, if yeah. You, like I said, oh, week, let's go Move week on. to week. You know, that's just Move it on. is what it We've is. We talked too much about Brisbane fans. There you go. There's our power rankings, but we kick off our game reviews. Uh, from the weekend, and I'll just get my list sorted out here. And they are brought to you by Nepean Boltmaster, www.nepbolt.com.au. Nepean Boltmaster is your complete fastening system supplier with their main office at Penrith, covering more than 1,500 square meters and a second one at Seven Hills. They boost the largest range of fasteners and associated products, not only in the region, but throughout the state. There's a lot more to the Boltmaster, though, than just fasteners. You'll also find a range of industrial and engineering products, abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting materials and handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints and general hardware items. Nepean Boltmaster provides total needs sourcing packages for all trades associated with the construction, engineering and all associated industry segments. Get in contact with Nepean Boltmaster, Warren and the boys, www.nepbolt.com.au. Uh, first game, Panthers-Tigers, 16-2. to Honestly, early on, the Tigers had plenty of chances. The penalty count was a bit strange. I uh, thought it was quite weird how Penrith got drained the way they did early on. But given all that possession, given all that territory, they did nothing with it, um, even though they kept getting helped out of yardage. It was an 8-2 penalty count and Merrin bin, but the line speed and how disruptive Penrith were, it just put the Tigers off. They yeah. kept turning the football over or getting startled, and they just couldn't come up with anything. Um, I just think Penrith, what, what do you say? I think it's one of the best forward packs in the comp right now. It's close to, and yeah. we're going to see them go against one of the best forward packs, if not the best again, this weekend, which makes it a mouth-watering, uh, you know. But the halves, getting Cleary back, thought they'd be, you know, maybe a bit of disjointed, a bit clunky for a few weeks. I thought that was a very smooth transition. I thought they were lucky not to come up with more points. And the other point, I've said it before, I think they look better with Katoa than Wallace because he moves with that forward pack. He plays up-tempo. They get over the advantage line. He's got that speed to get in behind the markers, and he's done it a couple of times. Uh, they're a very dangerous football side. Yeah, you, you nailed it earlier. Tigers had plenty of chances early, didn't post points. Um, they won the penalty count. They had a Penrith player in the sin bin, and they went to halftime down on the scoreboard. The possession was always going to even up, so were the penalties. Um, at halftime, I, I didn't give the Tigers much chance. So it's a game I went out and watched live. It was a very, very stop-start game. Uh, it was a cold night out at Penrith, so... Just another solid win for, for the Panthers. One yeah. that they can chalk up. Wasn't pretty, but it, it's a win. And the best thing about Cleary when we talk about him coming back, defensively he's always outstanding, but plenty of confidence with the ball. Jumped some short sides, got some early touches, linked up with Maloney. That pump fake, which brought the defence up for him to put that kick in behind for Peachy, was all class. And then Maloney, I don't know how you don't pick him. That cutout pass over the top there, same deal. Uh, quick play of the ball, counted the numbers and hit the winger for the try. Yeah, they could have won by more, but that is why I go back and give that bit of credit to the Tigers. Defensively, the spirit of the side, the attitude, as we've spoken about under Ivan Cleary, outstanding. Every ball that could have been 
scored from a grubber kick or all those little half opportunities, there was always one Tigers jersey there, even though there was five Panthers jerseys, just to deny that opportunity. And that could have got real ugly. And I think, if, honestly, if they played Melbourne with the way they played the other night, they would have beat Melbourne by 40. Yeah. But the Tigers under Ivan Cleary, despite the troops, always give 110%. So I'm with you. They've stagnated a bit in attack, but their defense is still outstanding. Still outstanding. Uh, Warriors versus Eels. Uh, I don't even really want to talk about it, to be honest. They just can't get the job done. They had a great opportunity. A team without Johnson, without Roger Tuovasashek, that's travelled over here. They've had some battles early on. Uh, they were down 12-2 early on. They were flat. They were very poor. The same old, same old. The Warriors, as they have done all year, controlled things coming out of yardage. They're outstanding coming out of yardage, Marmolo in particular. But they get a second-half fight back. They find some of that intent and attitude. Um, Gutherson, <coughs> Terrapa in particular, I thought was very strong, and Mau as well. But... Every time they seem to get a lead this year or any time they feel like they're going to close out a game, they find a way to drop the ball. They don't look confident at all. No. They've got no confidence. Uh, They make a lot of simple errors. Their attack is very predictable. They they remind me a lot of the Cowboys' attack. Uh, It's very, very side-to-side, very, very block-block. So until they... I think for me, they're, they're looking for ways to avoid the middle of the field because they know that the weakness is in that they can't really get a go forward. So get any go forward from their middle. So they're trying to generate it in other other ways. But, you know, there's an old saying, and Jack Gibson used to say, you can't avoid the middle of the field. Whether no. you like it or not, you can't avoid it. And for me, that's the glaring hole for Parramatta. Everyone knows it. And they're trying to plug 100 holes in a boat in a sinking ship at the moment. And, you know, they've only got 99 fingers. The water's just seeping in. And, um, yeah, you know, look, they, they might... Um, they might win some games between... Well, they're definitely going to win some games between now and the end of the year. But for me, any team that can really roll their sleeves up and dominate Parramatta through the middle of the field are going to get some love. So yeah. I can't see them fighting back and, and even making a dent uh, in the finals or even making a run at all. Just that mental side of it, like you brought up as well. There was a little bit of argy-bargy. Once they got that lead between Luke and Will Smith and the Warriors won that contest again. He yeah. found that try. They got themselves upfield and... Um, even with winning the meters battle, the possession fifty five percent. The Warriors weren't great. They like, found I a think way if, to win though. If Para, if Para copped the Warriors' best shot, I think that game's curtains early. You know, like I, I think what brought Parramatta into the game was the fact that the Warriors weren't great. We'll bring back Sean Johnson. No, and what I'm Roger saying Tula. is, like, yeah. really, if Parramatta were ever going to give him give him a run, that yeah, was the game. That was the and game. They still couldn't do it. Well, fifty five percent of the possession, they still couldn't control things. Yeah. So. Uh, everything. Blake Green said that in the press conference afterwards. He said, look, it was just a feel about us before the game. I didn't feel as though we were on or ready to play. So uh, that's something the Warriors are going to have to, to fix up and address. Well, Hiku, as I said before, he's come back. The player that left, well, not the penner of Hiku. It was the version we saw at Manly. They could play centre wing, fullback, 5'8", and as he did for New Zealand, he was yeah. outstanding at fullback on the weekend. Marmolo, their best out of yardage. And I thought Tohu Harris, as he has been all year, was exceptional. Harris was the best player on the field, I yeah. think. He's been great uh, for Eels. Murata Niakora finally gets a debut. Thought his short stint was okay, but again, that's about all they've got left for this year is to roll through some players. Raymond Stone, they're under 20s. Uh, Kangaroos lock. He played cup on the weekend. He needs to get a game now that Scott's out. Jamin Salmon, who they got from the Sharks, is a young 5'8". I don't know what you've got to do. This weekend, they've got Gutherson in the halves and Norman back to fullback. And anyone that you've got in your top squad right now... Norman at fullback? He's playing fullback. Wow. Gutherson's just a six with Moses. Anyone who's outside of that top 30 again and some turnover needs to happen now, like Scott's gone as well and Paulo's coming, try out all your kids, blood these kids, give them some game time to start working on the new cycle. Mm. Interesting. Yep. Broncos, Roosters. Uh, this game was actually entertaining. 
It was entertaining. Very entertaining, yeah. very back and forth, very physical. There's a general hate between these two, and you brought it up, and I can reflect on it too. Every time they seem to play, it always seems to be a close game and plenty of spots. It used to be a big Good Friday game. It used to be Friday, Friday night, Good Friday, or whenever the Good Friday game was. When I was growing up as a kid, it used to be Broncos Roosters, and I was a Roosters fan for a few years there while Brad Fittler was there as he was my uh, idol growing up. But I can just remember there's a lot of hate in these games. They played some big semifinals. They played in a grand final. Um, and that probably went away a little bit. I think when the Roosters dipped once Freddie left, uh, and then obviously the Roosters had a little dip. So have the Broncos, really, since 06. Like, I mean, they've played in a couple of grand finals. But I think now they're, they're both genuine top eight chances, and that hate um, seems to be back. I think they played a, a f- their most recent clashes have been back to that standard of a real rivalry, similar to your Melbourne Manly, Manly. probably not to that extent, but no. they they don't like each other. There was a game last year, I think it was Thaiday, when Thaiday and Napa went after each other. That was the other thing. There's, there's a bit the of last a... few years, there's, there's been a little bit of that niggle in these games, which well, is good. We want those rivalries. There's an origin link as well, though. There's some yeah. New South Wales players, Ferguson, Cordner, etc., versus them. The other night, we had the added hooker battle between the two guys that are supposedly fighting for the jersey. Napa, like you said, went out and tried to take uh, you know some blood as well. But honestly, I thought the better of the first half was the Roosters. They made some breaks. Tedesco in particular looked very dangerous and they rolled quite well, but they didn't cash in on them. They, they blew plenty of opportunities. <clears throat> out of that centre battle, as it turned out in the game, Latrell Mitchell got the better of it the first half, but James Roberts certainly won the second half and threw the knockout punch when he made that incredible under-seven style run where he just beat absolutely everybody, but... Um, very impressive for me early on was Opachak goes off. Katoni Staggs, he's like mini Alex Glenn. This is like 10 years ago, flashback for me. Staggs played centers in their 20s team. Yeah. Played some cup. He can play back row. He can play six. He kicks goals. Alex Glenn came in like similar circumstances. A guy that was a back row in the 20s, played center, played six, and he did that role for him. He came in. What a debut. Yeah. Tough as nails. Yardage carries. Had the beautiful hands to tip that ball on in the one quick motion to get Corey Oates over. Supports on another run there where he gets to score a try on debut. Like You couldn't have a better night. And for a 19-year-old kid, he was more than up to scratch. Yeah, he was good. And the main part of that, awesome first-grade debut. So keep your eyes on him. Katoni Stage, what a great footballer. But uh, I thought McCulloch had the better of the two hookers uh, for the night. I thought Friend did some good things, but he did make an error and he missed, I think, Five or six tackles. McCulloch, as usual, pretty rock solid in the middle. They only missed one. Um, but, yeah, that first half is the big thing for me. Mm. They blew too many chances. And as we know, they've made the most errors in the NRL this year and they've made the most ineffective tackles. But 14 errors again in this game, it's just not good enough. Pungai Jr. was huge on that edge. And Offa Hengali, as I said, he's a bit of a smoky that's been thrown up. He had a great night as well. But all that back and forth, things being so, so close, the Broncos found a way. And under the controversial circumstances with obviously Napa being sent off, Azarko gets put under pressure, dodges all that traffic, scores a cracker of a try. But the controversy added to the game, but at the same time, I wanted it to finish 13 on 13. So Agree. Oh, it just uh, ruined the game. It ruined the game. It was a wrong call. We spoke about it earlier, and it just, just killed the game. Yep. Full credit to the Broncos, like I said. Under a lot of tough circumstances, refereeing things beside. Uh, they have been under a lot of scrutiny. I still think they're lacking a seven and a few bits and pieces, but they certainly turn up and have a crack every week, even if it is ugly. So good win for them. Titans, Newcastle, 33-26. I'm happy to say, as I said a couple of weeks ago, that Brimson needed to play. I think it's pretty obvious after a few games now, that's the way forward. Hmm. Brimson and Taylor look like a great pair. Jai Arrow, again, don't care how young, how many games he's played. He's been your best player. 
game in, game out. He was awesome again on the weekend. The tackle breaks, offloads, post-contact. He's just got a motor. I know he's got little issues every so often that back, but like most football players, he plays on through the injury, even though it hits him every so often. But Yeah, him and Mick Gordon have been the two probably unsung heroes, I think. Yeah, and I think uh, the only issue, and it's been obvious all year, and we've said a million times, you guys defend like 10-year-olds inside 20 Terrible. and through the middle. And it showed because they let Newcastle back in the game. The more important part is they wrestled it back. They found a way back into it after that poor miss where they let Ponga go the length, um, obviously for that tip on back to the middle. But for Newcastle, it's pretty much what we keep saying every single week. There's the same couple of guys, I think, that are playing very well consistently, in particular Ponga, who's just leading the way. I think Guerra is doing a good job in the middle, but all the rest of the guys still need to elevate around and help. Uh, on the Titan side of things, Ash Taylor's been better last week. Philip Sammy has been pretty bloody good as well. And that fen that Branko Lee dropped on Nathan Ross, that was a cracker oh, yeah. to set up that try. Like first play, off a scrum, simple early ball, bang, just threw him down. So good win, good response. Yeah, I th- look, Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle were probably uh, not unlucky, but there was a drop ball by Saifidi off the kickoff. They led by eight with about 15 to go. Newcastle, that's after Ponga went the length. They kicked a penalty goal, I think, um, and went up by eight. And it just killed, it just killed them. Knock on, Titans scored in the corner, and then Titans got their momentum and came over the top of them. But, yeah, it was just a, it was an ebbing and flowing game, and there was a lot of errors in it. And just two pretty ordinary sides, I think. I, Newcastle are clearly missing Mitchell Pearce. Oh, massive. 100%. That's the icing on the cake the in a Titans, lot of these situations. I can't really make an excuse for them, but, you know, it was a good win. Well, I like the look of Brimson. That needs to stay. I tell you, I also really like Keegan Hipgrave in the back row. Mm. He was exceptional. So Arrow, Hipgrave, these guys moving forward. It looks the way to go. It honestly yeah. does. So he had a great game as well. But yeah, Newcastle, they need mm. to get Pierce back. But Callum Palmer, I know we keep saying it every week, but dear God, mm. he's Go been on. exceptional. Souths uh, versus the Cowboys, 20-19. to 19. Uh, All honesty, 10-0, couple of penalty goals in the try early on, especially that soft one up the middle. I was generally worried for the Cowboys. I thought they were going to get blown away, but somehow they hung in. I definitely am going to say that losing Johnston and Burgess helped in the first half. Brings their rotation down. Kind of got to conserve a bit more energy and to be a bit smarter with the way you use your interchanges, and it did have an effect because late in the game, I think there was 20 minutes left. They had one change left. Yeah. So that did have an effect, but um, the Cody Walker sin bin early on for descent. I didn't really hear what he said to him, but clearly he no, got... No, it was... Clearly got the ref offside, and Strange. I have no problem with him doing that as long as they're consistent again. But he bet, like that was like only the second penalty in the game, and he just went boom, go. Yeah, see so. I oh, I like it if, yeah. if Cody Walker stepped out of line and said the wrong thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Follow I just think the sad part is again. I thought the energy came when the Cowboys brought on some bench players. I thought Francis Milo first action in almost four years in grade was good. I thought Corey Jensen, uh, as we talk about a lot of the time, leg speed and just like pump and. Bit of drive when you get into contact. I thought Corey Jensen was pretty good off the bench as well. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, why I thought they looked a bit sharper and with Morgan at the back in particular and Martin willing to you know take a bit of ball off first and not sit back so much in that role, they were taking penalty goals. They were finding any way to kind of hang in that game. And to be honest, at home, desperation stakes, season on the line. If you can't shut out a team that's lost two of their key players, like their best forward and then their fullback and had to reshuffle and almost ran out of interchanges, you're never gonna like you're never gonna win another game. Yeah, it's fair. Or you're not gonna have, you know, the momentum to go on this season if you can't close that out. So yeah, it did happen under controversial circumstances, but the ref did call him offside. Yep. So Oh he did. It was a right uh, call. Heartbreak. Simple as that. It was a right call. And we all wanted to see the Cowboys turn it around. We really do. Well but... I thought that was the probably the highest quality game of the weekend. So, 
it just proves that the Cowboys aren't far away, but they're just they're not getting a lot of luck, really, are they this this season? So no, but like I said, they've had plenty in, in recent uh, seasons gone by. So fifty five percent of the ball, eighty five percent completions. Uh, you know, they only had six errors. Like you, you couldn't do much better with the That's football and possession yeah. well, they, and penalty goals. It was a high quality performance, and they no still result. couldn't get it done. Yeah. But I thought English did a great job when he moved back to fullback. He's obviously warmed to the season after an ACL. It takes a few weeks yeah, to get he, confidence. He's playing good footy, Greg. George and Tom have been great, but George was exceptional again the other night. And Damian Cook just like get you said. the shit out of their game. Get yeah, the run hard, out. get down, play yeah. the ball. And whether Cook is the nine, like I said, or McInnes, I'll be happy either way. I'd go with McInnes, but mm. Cook again the other night. No, late yeah. on that first try because he's such a threat and guys draw to the ball for the him. The try he scored out of nine oh, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Cowboys. Season of what could have been, I guess, and uh, probably a sad way for Thurston to oh, go it's a, it's a terrible way for JT to go out. Hopefully they jump on the back end of the year and start winning some games and have a couple Brandy of impressive right. He's gone one season too long. Yeah. That's a terrible decision. Yeah. Love it. How good's that ad just quietly? Great ad. The Fox Sports commentators one with the card earns. If you haven't seen it, get onto it. Get on. That is brilliant. Melbourne versus Manly. Uh, I don't even think this needs a lot of oxygen. Oh, we, we, we covered it pretty much in the set of six. 24-4. Melbourne did not score a try. Completed at 60%, under 50% in the second half. They were blown away in the middle. They were baited and they were beaten down by a better football side. Manly were better. The middles were exceptional again. Tapio has had a huge season. The amount of tackle breaks, offloads, and just damage he creates around the middle. Fanua Blake. I think the buy for Hodkinson may save them from being down the bottom. Hodkinson brings stability and a calmness and a balance that is needed to that side. He brings patience, a good kicking game, and something that Cherry Evans needs. I think it makes Cherry Evans a better player. Yeah. And after that fight and the baiting... The biggest difference for me was Melbourne didn't get back on track and they kept making error after error after error and looking to get involved in the shit. Yeah. Manly, on the other hand, straight back on track. Hodkinson, cold-blooded, gets to his kicks, controls things, freed up Cherry Evans. Jake obviously had a great game. Tom had a much better game, uh, yeah. bringing him back the last two weeks. He's been much better. But for Melbourne, I'm I'm just very disappointed that they were so ill-disciplined and they just some simple drops and... Vunavalu, for the way he's been the last two years this year, I'm happy to say he's borderline being dropped to New South after uh, Queensland Cup for me. Mm. He made four errors again the other night, and he's been ordinary this year. Uh, yeah, Curtis Scott bit in. He uh, just doesn't doesn't seem to be playing with the same intensity. Vunavalu. I've got to ask again. We've seen it in the past with certain players uh, winning a premiership early, all the hype, getting a decent contract, top try scorer a couple of years in a row. Well, it hasn't affected Josh Adokar. I don't know you can bite the brakes after only two seasons, but he doesn't look anywhere near as motivated or you know in the zone as he has been in the past. You can't make four errors. And there was a game a couple of weeks ago, he made five errors. I haven't seen Melbourne play this bad consistently. It's been now been half the season where they've been pretty poor. Yeah. I haven't seen them play this bad since Craig Bellamy took over. Yeah. So... Bellamy is it the oh, start of the end I don't think so I think that would be an overreaction I think there's multiple reasons why they're struggling a little bit I think there's been obviously mental issues or mental problems for Cameron Smith in terms of juggling origin where is he at in his career that's hopefully come to a head now they've they've had the issue of Brody Croft didn't really work out I think Riley Jacks has been okay He's steady. but I did say that after about a month we're going to be they, I reckon they'd be looking to bring Croft back in I reckon we're getting close to that point I think they are struggling a little bit to deal with the loss of Kronk, not so much for what Kronk gave them, but just someone else filling that void consistently. And they've been missing some of their key forwards. So I, I expect Melbourne to get better as the season goes on. I don't know whether they're going to be able to recover and make the top four. I don't know. 
which is going to make it difficult for them to win the premiership. But if you wouldn't want to be playing them in the finals. They'll play their best footy come the finals if they're all fit and, and firing. Well, this week we get back to me. The most important piece for the middle, which has been Jesse. struggling, is Jesse. Yeah. And we got Glasby back last week who yeah. works better with him. That this means is what I mean. I mean, you're going to roll into origin. Less you're gonna, time. You're have a bit of a lull. I, I really expect him to be better at but the back But that's end. the other thing as well. Like you said, some of the results and being 6-6 six and six or whatever we are early on or 6-5 and five are going to hurt because we're still going to have origin players. You're yeah. going to lose Munster. I know Smith is staying now, but Slater will go out. Uh, our car probably goes out. So we're going to lose three or four, potentially, for Lise Kafusi as well. If Glasby goes, there's five. So mm. uh, I'm not too sure. But I thought one of the only guys I thought had a red-hot crack out was Dale Finucane. I was disappointed in Brandon Smith's debut. He made a couple of errors and bit into the rubbish. And yeah. Harry Grant, the young kid who was named the 20s player of the year from the Players Association last year, he's coming second in the Queensland Cup player of the year, which is a good effort for a 20-year-old. But... Probably not the best night. I'm not the most memorable night to make your debut in a game like that. No. Uh, full credit to Manly. Two good wins in a row. Doing it under adversity. But, yeah, all the drama we spoke about earlier, we don't need to go into it. We already covered it. So, timekeeper, all these bits and pieces. But that game never fails to deliver drama, that's for sure. Uh, what have I got here? Got the Dragons and the Raiders, 25-18. to 18. Uh, this was an end-to-end was game. game. To be honest, I thought the Raiders had the better of it for the most part. Well, they did. I thought they let it go. And Probably for the first 50 at least. Yeah, the first half especially. I thought they were all over the top of them. The early ball getting to that eight and edge, as I've said, in Nightingale, they've been a bit scrappy. Uh, Kotrick one-on-one, good luck tackling him. They just isolated Nightingale, barged over the top of him. With all that possession, though, and getting at that right edge, St. George held on for the most part. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. As soon as they've got an opportunity on the other end there, Sims, that awesome play the ball. McInnes lays that try on for DeBellin. Uh, the sad one for me, though, was when Sims tried to milk that abstraction, which was just ridiculous. And even sadder at that, if you look at that play, DeBellin hasn't tied him back on the inside. He could have dropped to Pine under as well. So there was two huge holes they could have scored in yeah. when Layla was scored that try. But 10-6 halftime, obviously a couple of penalty goals made the difference. And to Pine's shoulder charge at halftime was dumb. But wow, Gareth Woodock, what a goal kicker. He can hit him from anywhere. Yeah, That kick was exceptional. Yeah. Second half, uh, it kind of felt again that uh, I thought they had the better of it and they found their way back into it. But when Rapana scored that try and then got Simbin, in, that basically put them on the knees right then and there. The Dragons didn't score in that period, but they scored straight after. Um, the first try they scored in the half, that to me, was close to the try of the season so far. The one where McInnes hit the seam, offloaded to DeBellin, gave back to Dufty, and then that kick over the top. Like Everyone thought that Dufty try was good. That was a good try, don't get me wrong, but the edge defense there from Austin when he turned out and just gave him a clear uh, you know, run through, that, that was ordinary defense. Like the yeah, cut back in yeah. and beat a couple of players. Exceptional speed, but that team try from McInnes to Bell and the chip kick over top, to me, that was a better try than Dufty's individual effort. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's another one to me that the Raiders let go. They bombed that game. Yep. Um, Papali was outstanding. He's been very, very good since coming back. Kotrick's been great. I thought Jack Whiten, again, uh, despite whatever's going to happen with him, he's been playing some good football. And 
obviously, you know, your typicals were partner before he got bitten was outstanding. But from the Dragon side of things, Dufty had a couple of errors, but had a couple of huge moments. McInnes, to me, much like Cook, keeps throwing down the gauntlet. And I thought Vaughan and DeBellin uh, out of the forwards were the two standouts. Yeah. So, agree. good win under pressure. A lot of people are saying that the wheels have fallen off somehow at 8-2 and two record. Uh, that's pretty crazy to be thinking around those lines, but they found a way to win. The last one, Sharky's Dogs. Well, this was try for try early on. Uh, Morris getting that try, and they just found a bit of space down that edge, and the Dogs' discipline gave Cronulla some opportunities early on in the first 15 to 20, and they exposed them a couple of times there. That Hopper Montoya edge has been a bit of a target for a lot of teams, to be honest, mm. where they found that try. And the kick over the top for Moise to find Holmes on the run when the defense had just come up, that was pretty good vision. But for the second part of the first half, the Sharks just bombarded, got penalized, couldn't get out of their own end, and basically had the Bulldogs parked there for 20 minutes attacking them. Uh, they didn't do as much as you probably would have liked with it, but they managed to get the halftime. 10 all and the try from the quick hands, that beautiful catch pass from Mbaya to get Morris was exceptional. Yeah. The, um, the dogs, <clears throat> geez, they've, they've lost some close games this year, haven't they? Well, we said all year, the intent's there. There's mm. just not enough points. No. They constantly fight and they fight and they fight, but there's just not quite enough in attack to get the job done. No. So, you know, the, the Good Friday game was a close one. They lost a close one to the Broncos. This one was a close one. I want to look at it maybe later on and maybe talk about it next week, but I can't remember if they've lost by 13 plus. And if they have, I don't think it's happened more than once. Mm. I can't think of them getting blown out this year. I could be wrong, but there's been a lot of Didn't close the Raiders, games. Raiders give them a bit of a touch up. That might be the I only think that game. might be one of the only ones, but I can't yeah. think of many huge blowouts. They no. dragged the Roosters into a dogfight. They dragged Brisbane into a dogfight. They've beaten Penrith and lost to Penrith in two close games, I'm pretty sure. They're, they've made it very ugly yeah, yeah, for a lot agree. of teams. They almost beat Souths. Um, well, they should have on Good yeah, Friday. No question about effort, but um, the second half, fast start. They're just Ramian try to make up for his poor read early on. Newcastle have said it multiple times. They've got a great blind, that they kid. Are, yeah. He's a good footballer, but Holmes was strong again. Dugan at the back, but um, for the doggies, when... Pryor scored that effort try and got it to 22-14. It's just those sliding door moments. Four and almost goes over from a great effort try, but pulls up literally centimetres short of scoring. And then they take the penalty goal, have one last play, and they drop the ball off that tap. So mm. uh, all that effort, as we say, week in, week out is there. And there's there's guys like the Morrises who I think have been playing well. Josh Jackson, David Clemmer, they're all busting their ass, but they're just not getting the results. So Yeah. Uh, they're unfortunately going to have to let some players go. And I'll tell you what, high on my list of all those contracts when they're talking about players you'd be after, it'd be David Clemmer and you'd be after Moses Mbai from what you've seen. Yeah. And especially considering I love Moses, but he's not worth the deal that they're talking. They're talking he's on 900, going on close to a million next year and he's back in a deal. Like On the market, that's saying you are the best player basically in that position. Mm. He's an exceptional talent. And I reckon on the market he could get, you know, 700 or maybe eight, depending on who the club is, but one million dollars that's crazy. And again, depends a on a lot of wedge, depends on need. But a team like the Tigers, for example, Lola here at the moment, Thompson, these patch up guys, you can't tell me the Tigers wouldn't be interested at picking up a player like Moses and buy if the freight was 900 or a million and the dogs are willing to pay, you know, 30 40 percent of that. You can't tell me the Tigers wouldn't be interested in giving up half a million, 600,000 to get him over. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Shark side of things, five from five, things are ticking along nicely. And we've said it again. They just know how to drag you into a fight. Yep. Defensively, more important than anything else, as ugly as they're attacking <laughs> at times, they're one of the best and most grittiest defensive teams in the competition. Yeah, and that'll win you a shitload of games. No doubt. And there you go. 
all our reviews of the games from the weekend. Now to jump into your fan questions. League Freak, haven't seen him in a while. Why the effing F for these F-heads in the media? Effing won't shut the F up about the referees when you have a bunch of effing players and effing coaches constantly effing up and blaming the effing referees. So he's quite angry about the media blaming the referees, I guess, uh, about coaches and players. Everyone's got to take some responsibility for the state of the game at the moment. The administration, the referees, the players and the clubs, I think they've all got a, a stake in it. They've all got their own reasons for manipulating the, the game, I guess, I in, in will. a certain direction. But I think the referees are... I think they're, they're doing their best pressure the from the top there. Yeah. And I agree with him on the side of, I'm sick of the media complaining because the other ones complained last year when we weren't penalising these things, weren't folding the play of the balls letting blokes walk offside, and now we get eight or nine rounds in and we're all blowing up the other way. Mm. I know they need something to write about, but it's just hypocritical to keep flip-flopping. If we go back the other way, there'll be complaints in a couple of weeks that, oh, everyone's standing offside again. The rocks are terrible again. Like, you just can't win. Yeah. No one's ever going to be happy, and we've said that multiple times, unfortunately. Uh, flat White, keen to hear you guys discuss Fafita for Origin and whether Napa's hit is a penalty or not. Well, Fafita for Origin is an interesting one. Uh, I couldn't do it. I, I know want... there's a lot of people that are talking about it, and his form has been good, no doubt. But he chose Tonga, so stick to Tonga. I wouldn't consider him unless we're in absolute crisis. My thing is, how do you do someone's confidence if you're basically telling them you're only using for game two, and then if the result went wrong, that Fafita's back for game three? He's either there for all That's of the That's what I'm saying. Not. You can't leave someone no. out. And, and if we got to a point where we absolutely needed someone, then I think you'd turn to I'll him. put my hand up and say, out of all the eligible New South Wales front rowers right now, he's number one as far as form's concerned. He's playing better to me than Vaughan, Campbell Gillard, Clemmer. He's the best front row consistency so far this season if he was eligible for New South Wales. But mm. I don't give you game one and three. You're either with us for the whole series or you're not with us. Yeah, he, he came out and basically took a shit on Yeah, himself. and then this week he's kind of backflipped and no offence to him. It's kind of like a mind game made it about me and he's growing up now. Me, me, I'll, me, I, I, I'll I. donate my money and I'm dying to play in a series and it's the only thing I haven't yeah. done. But a couple of weeks ago he wouldn't give us an answer and then you're playing for Tonga and I'll tell you on my podcast. So... I'm uh, not buying into that side of it. Your form's been exceptional. Your football's been great, but you're either in or you're out. Yep. Dave Salter, should the pocket refs call play on if a dummy half halves milk a player caught near the ruck? We call back late passes and milk in the tackle. Sure, the refs know it's not fair income. But wasn't there a directive this week that now Todd Greenberg's told the referees that from now on you don't penalise for players throwing the ball intentionally into the ruck I'm pretty oh, sure I, think, I heard I think that it's, if they're turning and deliberately not passing in the direction of where the pass is going to go then yeah they should but if there's a player in the ruck and he gets caught up and he's interfering with the pass then it should be a penalty yep I think at the moment the players are taking the piss a little bit yeah but I, I, I also think that you know some of the players uh, could roll out of the ruck and make it easier for the nine to be able to play. As a nine, you shouldn't have someone laying in your ruck. No, Jeff Green's brought up again. Today I read the referees will start penalising players if they intentionally pass in an offside player on the ground. Like, what do you reckon? I think it should just be play on. There's been some terrible ones. Though. Milford, play on would be good. Milford last week. Go anywhere. Milford last week basically turned around and threw it a metre back. That's what I'm dude. talking like, that's about. That's ridiculous. For those ones, say play on. Yeah. The funny one I saw last week, and I mentioned it, James Seguiara had a bloke a metre away from him and couldn't hit him. And yeah. that almost cost him the game. Then luckily he took the intercept in the next set, but yeah. um, it can go wrong. The Buckstar. Frustrated Knights fan here. Brown has done a great job of overhauling the roster, but our defense is still the worst in the NRL. Do you see it as a coaching issue or something else? Forwards have been poor. Our backs also don't seem to know how to read uh, the edges. Thoughts? Well, he's done a good rebuild, but I've said it before. It's still not complete. Like, 
Heinington uh, and obviously Lilliman are stopovers. The two Safidis are still developing. Guerra is a lock for a while. Pierce is missing right now, so you've got to give him some credit there. Uh, Watson, Lamb, who's going to play that six role? Pong has been a home run. Pierce is going to be a home run. Kenny Dow, so all these guys still have long-term options. They're still turning it over. Yeah. So he's done an outstanding job more on time frame. And I've said this before. They were in a situation where it was going to take three years to be able to spend money. He got rid of all those players in 18 months. He's attracted two very good marquee players in the one and seven jersey. They've just got to figure out who's the six, who's their nine going forward, and they're going to buy some more forwards, which we're already hearing. Glasby's coming to the club. Uh, they've been in the argument for Lodge. They're pushing around a lot of guys. Pungai, they're trying to get more forwards in the club. So the rebuild's not done yet. They've done no, a good not. job. They're a little bit flat at the moment, and they're still exceptionally young in a lot of positions. So I know the frustration's there, but there's enough positives, and if you put Mitchell Pierce back in, they might have won a couple more of these games. So mm. five wins. Like how many games did we say they won the two years prior? Four? Not many. Like four or five total in two seasons. Mm. So to already have five wins this year or four wins, whatever it is, is exceptional. Yeah. And you've lost... You know, an origin halfback and a premiership winning halfback. Yep. So just give it time. Let them get a couple. And Jesse Raymond, you bring up again edge defense. Next year, you're going to have Jesse Raymond in your back line with Mataudia. A Kenny Dow is not going to be a long-term option there. A Ken Sauer is not a long-term option. Ross, I know he's solid and a lot of people love him. But let's be honest, like he's 27, 28. He's at the back end as well. And he's a solid player. But there's going to be more turnover. You lost Tao Tam Ogre as well. Yeah. So, yeah, there's going to be more. Uh, Ty Jones, if you're a captain of your state or country, does that give you automatic selection even though your form may not warrant it? No. If you've got runs on the board, it seems to be that way. Um, is it right or wrong for Queensland? No, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right either. And if we're being honest, like we said, Boyd Corden is definitely not in the form to beat well, out I've all left, those back I've rows. left him out. So. But the fact that they were, he was vice-captain for Australia and he's been the captain of the Blues and I think he's got a decent relationship with Freddie, I think he'll be spared. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily agree with it on form, but I think he'll be spared. Mm. Interesting. Lucky. Jack White for Origin, any chance, won't let anybody down. No. He won't get picked, but I've said it a million times and I feel better about it because Gus said it the other week. He's a center. He's not better than Mitchell and Roberts, right? Well, we don't know. He's never played there. No. But what not. I'm saying, he needs to play center to me. He's the better center than he would be a fullback. But Telling you, my friend. It's never happened. He's not up to uh, it. Jaden Cecil, what position do you see Tyro and Peachy playing for the Titans next year? That's a good question. Center. His dry arrow is your lock. Center. Back row, he's not going to take center. Proctor or you got Hipgrave who had a crack there the other day. Center. Ryan James. Center. Yeah. I, I would have said six if I didn't say Brimson, but. Oh, yeah. Center. Uh, Brimson, possibly. Actually, I'm going to throw this out there, right? How long does Michael Gordon play again next year? He's not playing fullback. Because if he doesn't, AJ Brimson was playing fullback in Cup and in 20s. And to me, I think Brimson could end up moving back to fullback and Peachy could play six with Ash, uh, Ash Taylor. No, I think I think they should keep Kane Elgy. Well, Put Kane Elgy back in. I, I, I don't, don't think, think it's going to happen. under the bus. I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, Skip Hops asked Brocker if there's any truth to the rumor that Tolman and the re-signed Dan Sargentson will combine as a potent left-edge nuclear option for the Titans in 2019 with Greg Eastwood also a transfer target. It's not funny, mate. It's definitely not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> yeah. But nothing would surprise. Exactly. Nothing would surprise as far as incompetence at its greatest heights at the moment at the Gold Coast Titans. No, the GC. Good times. More you, getting Wallace and getting Boyd, I think, were two good buys. So. Andrew Wales. Packer been living in New South Wales for a long time now. Can he play for the Blues? No. No, nah, he's a Kiwi. 
Josh Downs, Dylan Napa's sin bidding was a joke. If the referee believed he intentionally went in with the head, then it's a send-off. Am I right? Yeah, well, that's what we, we said that. Or yeah. I said that. It For me, it's just the well, categorization of sin bins and send-offs. It's, it got all thrown out of whack on the weekend. Yep. Adam Thomas, 14 sin bins and a send-off in a week, plus refs calling out players for more stoppages multiple times in a game. It's hard to get much game in between all the stop-start action. How can we solve and see some more football? Well, they can fucking move faster. Easiest one. Blowing so many shit penalties. Easiest one I've brought up. The Super League have that hand signal when it's final warning. We don't need to stop the game and talk to the captain. Yeah. Make the signal. Next one's going to the bin. I also think we're going to stop penalising people for that are making infringements away from the play. Yeah. There's some that you see that they're, they're calling blokes who are on the right-hand side of the field when the play is all the way over to the left and they're waiting for the play to finish and then they play advantage and then they blow the penalty and the player has to go back and we yep. get the ball and then they kick it out. It just wastes time. I so also think... Tip them up on the run. Do some refereeing on the run. Shot clocks need to come down for me. The scrum, I'd, I'd get rid of the shot clocks. The sh- I, yeah, but the scrums, they when they had that, they just let them take as long as they wanted. It needs to be 15 seconds I or just something think, like that. No, I, get, I just think get rid of it and just ride the shit out of them. Penalists start penalising for time wasting. No different to the sin bin though. There needs to be a time on getting off the field for that. Blokes are taking the piss there. See, I don't think so. I, I, what I think is that your ten minutes shouldn't start until you're off the field and sitting down. Yeah, well, but if they're in the middle of the play, and I'd let the play go. I'd what if let they're them standing and in front go. of the line? I don't care if they touch. If they touch, they're they're sent off. That's what I would do. Well, they need to do something. It needs to happen soon. I, I just think that because for me. If you say, oh, there's a certain amount of time, it just adds more responsibility to what the referee has to do and the touch judges. I just say, listen, once you're sin bin, it's your response. You don't, you don't, the time doesn't start until you're in the tunnel with your representative. And if you impact the play when the play goes on, you will be sent off. Yep. No complaints here. Danielle Ferreira, so, uh, she's bringing up the Fafita thing that we've brought up, but she's more saying, I thought Freddie was going to do a good job, but if he'd let a guy pick and choose when he wants to play, then he's lost. I agree. But I don't think he's endorsed it. I think it's Alexander no, and a said, few guys around He said around he's going to think about it. He can't, surely. He's oh. the one who came out and said he needs to give him a decision. So you can't backflip now. Yeah, you're no. talking about making cultural changes. That would be a blow to the culture you're trying to build, if that's what you said at the start. The first change in my culture would be never selecting him, Dugan or Ferguson ever again. Yep. Daniel Friend, have you had any bad beats on the punt this season? I had a real tough one last week. Yeah, well, I had... Uh, who did I have on the weekend? I had a few... Shit ones. I had the South one that killed me on the weekend. 10 0, looking good. Johnston, Burgess go off, and they were leading by six near the back end. I took them minus three and a half at two. You got bucks. a charity bet up, but. Yeah, we weekend. just went the simple, but I lost the three and a half and I was pretty filthy. Yeah, I had a couple of doubles on the weekend that went down. Had a good one on the weekend, though. That uh, Will Hill price pump one that you put me into. Kotrick and Rapana both scored, but the Dragons win. That paid 10 bucks. Yeah, I so, didn't get That was the only one I didn't get on, so. That was good. Yeah. Diego Montoya, did Latrell go missing in the last 20 minutes against the Broncos? He's got amazing ability, but I question his mentality in big games. Well, if you look at the game as a whole in the first half, he shat all over Roberts, yeah. and then Roberts did it in the second half. So if you've got to worry, both of them kind of float in out of games. But again, uh, Aitken, as much as I like him, and the yardage work's been good, and he's scored some tries. His catch pass is ordinary for a centre, and it needs to be better. He's got zero tries this, this season, so that's not saying too much. I just for... think out of those three, two of them have to be the centres for New South Wales. There's no other just... options yeah. there, it. So... Um, yeah, I don't think he went missing, but both of them are young. Uh, Jimmy's got more experience, probably quicker, more explosive in attack, but Latrell's so powerful. Defensively, has been better this year, but he got beaten all ends up the other night. Andrew Bennett, if you have to give a Blues ring a jumper to either Blake Ferguson or Nick Cocktrick, oh, it's no-brainer. We've said that Ferguson... Cotrick. 
Despite form, and he has been outstanding. What's yeah, happened? I still think he's got shit errors in his game. Well, he made a couple of shit errors the other night. Yeah. But again, culturally, and what happened last year, he's had multiple chances. Move on. Mike Winkley is at the death knell for an Origin career. If you come over and play for the Warriors, also, what's up with all the socks down with the players at the moment? Pull them up. Yeah, I'm a socks up man. I don't think it's death if you go play for the Warriors, but who is an Origin player over there at the moment? Like Blake Green's probably the only Australian, or what? There's not many Australians in the team anymore. Full stop. Nah. Um, should he be considered? Yes, but if you've got that Penrith pairing, you don't pick him. No. Socks up, socks down. I'm not fussed. But You're a socks down man. I used to leave him down. It. People pull him down all the time though, so why am I going to keep pulling back up? Shit. I'm more worried about playing than fixing today, my socks. school footy who didn't want to wear footy socks. He just wanted to wear his ankles. My thing is I don't want to keep pulling what back a joke. up. Once they're down, they're down. What is wrong? Game on. Uh, Andrew Bennett, with Canberra losing Boyd and Paulo next year and underperforming halves both off contract, what are some names they should be approaching to shore up 29's roster? Do they spend money on props or halves? Well, the talk is they went for Glasby and they missed out. The so is Glasby officially signed with Newcastle? Yeah, it's done. Okay. Melbourne even announced it. But I looked at the prop market. There's not a whole lot there. Uh, I watched their cup side on the weekend. Liam Knight has been playing in between prop and lock. Oh, Emre Goulart. Erigard. Uh Emre Gula come from South. Massive raps on him. Played a lot of junior reps. He's a front row, but he's been playing lock. I don't think they could... Walk up, start, you know, Gula and uh, Dunamis Louis. I reckon, I I honestly think the Raiders have got to target uh, the situation at the Bulldogs. I think they've got to try and get Clemmer. They need somebody because there's not a whole lot there. And And they've got cap space. I'd I'd be trying to take Clemmer off um, the hands of the Bulldogs. And again, despite his history, one of the other better... Or maybe even Tolman. I'd take both of them. I wouldn't pay Tolman. If they could pay half the freight of Tolman, I'd take Tolman. Yeah. As a good little worker. What would Tolman be on? 500, 600? No, that's the whole problem. The back end of deal, How I think. How much? I think it's close to 700. Jesus. The Bulldogs. Yeah, are but really... then again, if I said, right, oh, Bulldogs, I'll pay, we'll pay 400, you pay 300. They'd do that. I'd say, we'll pay 300, you pay 400. Well, whatever. Because you're desperate to get whatever. Rid of him for I, one year. For me, if you get Tolman for three, 400, that's good. I know he's a starting prop. I know he'll fill a gap. I know he'll play minutes. He's and then I try and get Clemmer. My option would be get Clemmer. If uh, I get those two for a million, I'd be happy. Clemmer, see if Saliola plays the other starting front row role, and I wait next year because there's <laughs> not a whole lot out there. Up. But I look at Sierra and think he does that job well enough. He's a great defender. Louis's been actually pretty good off the bench as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so but for me, he's a bench front rower. So you don't want to move him. You want to get two starters. Nah, and that's why I think C has done that job and started multiple times and does a good enough job. Okay, but so I, I just don't want to I just don't want to go out and blow my whole water on one player. So that's my problem. Um doggies, we want we'll take Clemmer, we'll pay seven hundred. Not complaining. No. But yeah. seven hundred seven. The one thing they can't do is unnecessarily cap. go get just anyone. I certainly wouldn't go and pay Aaron Woods. Nah, but I think Clemmer's the one that a lot of people will what's, be what's after. What's he getting paid? Clemmer. <laughs> Clemmer. I think Clemmer's deal was more around the 750 mark, but probably and escalating. 900,000. Yeah, ridiculous. Jesus and it's going gosh. up. That's back-ended too. So, crazy. Wow. Uh, underperforming half situation. From all reports I've heard, they want to keep Caesar. But then yeah, there was, I'd keep Caesar. Then there was talk he was going to the dogs. Austin had a tabled How offer. How is he going to the dogs? I don't know. This is the problem. Far out. There was a report that... Austin was offered four years, 700000 a season, knocked it back, thought I'll keep playing to try and get a better deal. Didn't get one, then got offered not long ago about two fifty a season, 300 So he should have taken that deal while he had the chance because now it's gone. Arda Hingano they brought over. He's only 20 years old. He's not a nine, he's a half. Do they try and play those two together? That's an option. Sam Williams has still got another year to go. He's only just returned to New South Wales Cup the last week or two. Does he play there? Same deal again, though. There's not a whole lot on the halves market. I don't go nuts and overspend on somebody. So, Fair. 
that's just where I'm at if I'm them. Uh, Justin Beezer, what are your thoughts on the dummy half pass by Mill for the NFL? We've already talked about that, champion. Uh, it shouldn't happen. That one's blatant. If they're right in the ruck, fair enough. But uh, yeah, you can't throw it two metres behind you and try and find a player. No. Zach Maitland says, the Knights still have about 1.5 in cap for next year. Who do you think they should target? They appear to be chasing the front row. Well, See, I'd go and get Clemmer. I'd go and try and get Clemmer if I'm well, same deal again. Well. If I'm them, I'm ringing about him, Jackson, anyone that's bloody a decent player and just trying to bait them into giving me somebody mm. and trying to pick up part of the freight. But I think they've got two good back rows with Barnett playing on uh, one edge and they've obviously got Guerra and then you've got Ponga, you've got Pierce. There's some good bits and pieces there. Moga's going to come back, but... Um, yeah, Lachlan Fitzgibbon. I, I think Barnett and Fitzgibbon are their back rows. Sam Stone too. He was good when he came in, but I think Barney's been better back on the edge. No, Him and Fitzgibbon with Stone, Guerra. Stone's a good reserve. Yeah, guy to have in reserve grade. So Clemmer for them is another one that you'd be looking at, to be honest. But one point five million dollars, same deal. I wouldn't be going too nuts. I, I just, I think I said it last year. I query buying Connor Watson for the money that was spoken about. How much did he? I think he's closer to the 400 mark, 350 for a guy that I think's honestly a better impact player or fullback than he is at six. At six, basically to me, he just always wants to run. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot going on with the ball unless there's space for him to run. I think he'd be a good 14. So, yeah, see what happens there. David Crowan, where's the love for the Panthers from everyone? Surely after this many rounds, it's no fluke or luck. Everyone is riding off the eels. Uh, this early, but not hearing anyone say the Panthers are a threat. Thoughts, boys, keep up the great. Oh, work we've for. we've said it for weeks. Come on, mate, you're, get, um, you're a Panther man. Every week, all about the pennies. We've given them plenty of credit. They've been yeah. playing outstanding. They're batting um, overs. Yeah, and they've bloody got a thousand yeah. injuries. They've so, covered for all of them, mate. If they can get if they can get fit at the right time of the year, they can win the comp. You want a real compliment? The fact that you start the season with Edwards shit going and on. swap it for Zalesniak and plus all the crap and then Wallace for Katara and the fact that I think they look better at the moment. I think Edwards coming back in would obviously make the team stronger, but I honestly think Played they look better. seven weeks without Cleary. Yeah, I think they look better without Wallace at nine and that shows the strength of the side. And yeah. outside backs, it doesn't matter who's been in. Kikau in the back row, you've got the privilege that you've got him back on the bench playing front row now. Fisher They're Harris. the biggest overachiever so far based on the injuries that they've had. 100%. They're a quality team. Uh, ben Nobes, what players do you know will get picked for Origin but would do a good job? Who do you know will never get picked for Origin, sorry, but would do a good job if they were? For me, Isaiah Yo wouldn't let anyone down. Well, he's got a million back rows in front of him if you want to talk about skill set. My thing about Yo, and I've said this multiple times, as an edge, you need to be a threat running the football. I don't think he's as big a threat on the edge. When he runs the ball, he does a good job. He has some good well, carries coming out of yardage, and he's a great defender. But on the attacking side of the ball, I think he's behind a lot of guys. I'd throw Blake Green in that conversation. I don't think he's ever going to get picked, but I think he'd do a great job if he was put in origin. Yep. From a Queensland point of view, oh, uh, I, I think you could go back to Jake Friend when he was in peak form. Mm. Uh, Andrew McCulloch now, I'm not sure whether he'll get the nod. Uh, I think he probably will, but I, I don't have him in my side because I want to get Ponger in there. But he's one that I, I know would do a good job. Uh, yeah, there's a few there. Mm. Chris Hill, why do defending teams seem to lock their scrum with the fullback nowadays? Well, uh, to sweep defensively. Yeah. So pretty so, much if it's five and one, you have the five players you have on the open side are usually that edge. So um, it'll be usually your lock or a middle with your back row, a half centre winger, fullback who breaks out of the scrum and then sweeps behind that line like they would in a normal defensive formation mm. so it, it, what, how they pack into the scrum usually is is how they split defensively yeah. to make a line get so, back to their positions yeah. basically so you pack your and there's talk that they're going to ban that there's talk that they're going to make 
scrums. Make scrums be so scrums. it's a legit attacking opportunity yes. again. Because, yeah, at the moment, if you're on the left tram or the left edge of the field, you're going to put in your left edge back row, your center, etc. So when they How come they out, split? Yeah. yeah, they come back out in the right spot. Chris has also said here, Gus has had another massive run, obviously, at the admin of the game. At what point should he either directly involve himself in running the NRL or just shut his mouth? Right now, he sounds like an oh, idiot throwing shade on the game. He's pretty pretty directly involved in running the NRL. Like, I mean, he's the CEO or the GM of an NRL club, so he has a direct link and influence over the NRL, I think. I don't know. what. Else. Like, what's he going to do? Quit his job at Penrith and get involved and run the game? Like, I think he's, he's only really voicing concerns that everyone else is. I don't think he said anything that's really out of school. I don't know. Like, I just, I just think he polarizes people. People don't like him. Um, I, I, some of the things he says, I go, no, I don't agree with most things he says. But I, I think there's some validity to it, and I tend to listen. I, I think he's a pretty smart guy. Oh, he's a pretty smart guy, hundred uh, percent. Justin White, should Dogs fans believe the board when they say they've signed twenty five for next year? Not sure if that included Crichton and around five hundred k spare. Or are we screwed for the next three to four years? Well, I think you're screwed. Regardless of what they've said, you're definitely screwed because you can't work the market when you've got deals increasing. They've got to ship either Foran, Clemmer, Woods, or Mbai. They're probably going to shift two of them. Yeah, someone else needs to go. Hundred uh, percent. Campbell Scott, why does the league waste money on paying touches? They do. A job the pocket referees or even the ball boys could do. They literally do zero except for take the mark on penalty kicks. The job a pocket ref can do. Every week I see tries in which touch judges nearly on top of the ball and they tell the referee they can't come to a decision and we watch ads for the next seven minutes for KFC. Yeah. Yeah, well, they should be more involved, but, you know, uh, everyone seems to be, you know, feel the pressure too much these days to get decisions right. So Just want to check it. Safety net all the time. Because if they made a call and it was wrong, you'd be one of the ones blowing up. Yeah. Ryan Miller, maybe not for the set of six, but is it time to revisit the seven tackle set for a knock on in oh, goal? Well, any. The seven tackle set should just be abolished. It's a shit rule. Yeah, I said it when rule. it got bought in. I hate it. Yep. Um, I think if you. There should be two reasons why you get a seven tackle set. If you kick the ball dead on the full, I reckon it should be a seven tackle set. And I think if you if the referee deems you deliberately kick the ball dead, it should be a seven tackle set. That should be up to their discretion because the kicking game and the way teams are playing in the red zone now, the fullbacks and wingers don't really have to take into account a kick. It's changed defensive. That's why teams are struggling to attack down on their line. Watch watch how teams defend now. They defend with one marker. A lot of the time, the fullback will be an A defender, and. Theoretically, the defensive side has more numbers than what the attacking side does because you've got a, pl- a man playing the ball and a man at dummy half who are, in essence, out of the play, I guess. They'll have one marker, which will offset the play of the ball, and the fullback, who's at A, will offset the, the nine. There's no numerical advantage offensively. Yep. So that's why teams are struggling to attack down there. And also, that's where there's less space. Yeah. So that it's easy for the defense to close that space. So that, that's why a lot of teams are struggling to attack the opposition's goal on. Not, not disagreeing with you. Brennan Savage says, Penrith have only played three teams in the top eight. They've beaten the Rabbits, Tigers, but have lost to the Sharks. Did the wheels fall off coming up against teams like St. George, Storm, and the Warriors? Feels like their draw to start the year has been way too easy. Well, in no. saying that, I can reflect in my head quickly right now, the Eels and the Cowboys were supposed to be two heavyweights, yeah. which in the draw at the start of the season, you'd say are hard games. They've played both of them twice, but they're both at the bottom of the ladder. So in reflecting, the draw sometimes isn't uh, you know quite That's what as. What I say about so. the draw? Yeah. In this case, if those four games were what you would have expected, and Penrith had a record like they did now, you know, but the biggest test is this weekend. They are who they are. They are. Yeah. They are who they are. Like at the moment, they're second. Well, they're equal first, aren't they? Yep. On the ladder. Uh, Robbie Ryan, who do you think will be the biggest shock name left out 
of origin? Cordner, Maloney, or Clemmer? I think Clemmer would be the most likely. I think Cordner. But there you go. Ty Thorne, I'm a huge NRL fan, but also watch NHL and the final series. I noticed they're sin minutes, either two or five minutes, or until the team who has the advantage scores a goal. Yeah. I, if the team who received the penalty scores in one minute, the sin bin's only one minute. Think it would work in the NRL. Love the show. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. Uh, if it's a five-minute sim, I don't think I could punish, like, leave a player off until you score a try or something like that. I don't think that cool works. Cool power plays in the NHL. Well, you've said five-minute bin would be, you know, a better idea mm. to just, you know, make it more common that if you keep repeat infringements inside 20 or down in your own end, even when you've got mm. someone in the bin, just so you could put two in the bin quickly. Well, you could maybe. just say, right, that as soon as you get with inside the 20, if you give away a penalty deliberately, you're in the bin. Yeah. Straight away, five minutes. Done. Mitch Madley, why do so many former players in the media believe more in stats than the eye test? There was an article outlining uh, Woods' case for origin. Anyone that has watched him play, especially this year, knows he shouldn't get picked for first grade, let alone the elite level. On that note, if Pay wants to throw the axe at someone like Leisha, then how hasn't the axe fallen on Woods? It's at a point where it needs action. Otherwise, he sh- could lose some respect from the locker room thoughts. You don't need to tell us about numbers because we've said this a million times. Uh, and it was Michael Shamus who wrote the article, and he needs to give himself a fucking triple, dead set. Mm. Um, there's quality and there's quantity. And I explained this last year. There was a game last year in the same round where Aaron Woods had close to 200 metres, but they're all off 20-something carries. They're all slow play the balls. He didn't bend the line back. There's no quick play the balls and momentum or offloads. And defensively, he's always lazy and poor. You never see him dominate tackles. Jason Tamalolo, on the other hand, in a game that the Cowboys won, only had, I think, 98 metres. Three or four of those play the balls led to tries and a field goal because he just busted teams apart and two of them led to try assists with a couple of offloads. His 98 metres was more effective than double. Um, I know what he's talking about yesterday. I saw the article. It's saying that Campbell Gillard misses more tackles and all this and that, but the second most penalised player in the comp right now is Aaron Woods. Mm. So that statistic wasn't on there. Uh, errors weren't on there and he's made a shitload of those this year as well. And again... All right, we've said it a million times before. He's a stat monster, but if you just look at numbers and don't yeah, actually really. watch him... He doesn't, he doesn't punch those stats out. And origin. that was the last thing I said. When has he ever dominated an origin game? Never. Yeah. When's he been adequate in origin? Never. And how many chances has he had? He's, he's played at least six series or five series, hasn't he? I don't know. He's been there for long enough, Too and many. he's done nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's time to move on. A lot of the journalists, I think, are lazy. I don't think a lot of the journalists watch every game. Well, no offense. And they look at stats, and they'll get on and go, yada, yada, yada about stats. But And then you think, did you watch the fucking game? It's not a prerequisite, but again, some of the journalists also have never played the game. And I know it's not a prerequisite, but some people just don't get it. And the eye test yeah. is enough for anyone to figure out that he's not even a top five prop in the game. Hmm. Like, for fuck's sake. Uh, Owen... Mackie Milo, who would be in the Warriors centres now? Beal is back. Well, for me, nothing changes. Hickey's no, been outstanding and Qatar's the other edge. Yeah. Ian Stanmore, if podcast listeners petition Fox Sports for one or both of you to replace Buzz on NRL 360 each week, would you do it? Can't handle his old man rants anymore. Oh, I'd do it. Fuck, we'd take any job on TV or yeah. with rugby league. Let's but, go. Yeah. yeah. But Forrest. it's the old jobs for the boys. Yeah. Jobs for the boys. I mean, look at, um, you look at Matty Johns' show at the moment and how many... Ex-players are getting a run on there to be an analyst. I don't think a lot of them watch a game either. Well, so, Matty Nabel is one yeah. of his mates, isn't he? Uh, they're all friends of friends. Friedman, so Emma is Friedman, on the show. Yeah. Pagey got that gig last year, so yeah, they're all uh, they've all got some sort of connection. A lot of them have a lot of smarts about footy, so we'll keep plugging away. Hopefully, someone will listen and notice and give us an opportunity. But we're doing this for sweet FA. 
Yep. Forrest Bell, any thoughts on grand final teams? I had Cowboys versus Roosters. I can't see me getting my money back on that now. Well, mm. the Cowboys, you're definitely not. The Roosters have still got time despite the up and down form. If you told me to pick one today, I would say it would realistically, I think the two teams that are playing on the weekend right now on form. I like the Roosters. I think the you Roosters think come are going to come good. I think they're going to come good. I reckon you're getting good value on the Roosters at the moment. If Souths can stay healthy, and that's the thing about them, depth much like the Dragons, they need their starting 13. Was, the Dragons, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I don't take it back. I had them seventh, because why their starting 13 is exceptional. If they get injuries, what's there? Hmm. There's not a whole lot there. I say that for a lot of sides, but... So, yeah, I think right I, now... I, um, my dream grand final would be South and George. Imagine that. Be pretty good. A lot It'd of history in that one. Huge. Or even Roosters South. I'd like to see Roosters Panthers again. Like back in 03. Yeah. The Bondi, the kind of the hipster style thing against the Westies, East versus West. But there's plenty of games I'd like. Who's uh, and Urso, who do you think the Dragons team... Do you think this Dragons team is capable of winning the grand final? Yes. How would you rate this compared to the 2010 team? Well, I again, think this team's... I think well, it's a different game. Better halves. They've, better, they've got better halves, yeah. Better halves. Uh... Nine was forward, Dean Parker, Young. I think a better nine. I think the fullback's questionable because Darius Boyd was exceptional that I year. I think that team probably had better outside backs. The 2010 team had better outside well, backs. Well, they still had Cooper, didn't they? Cooper, Gaz, near the Morris brothers from memory, Nightingale? Or was mm. one of the Morrises gone by then? One of the Morrises was gone. So was they, Brett, Jason, Nightingale, Boyd at one, Gaz Forward near. packs, Christ, that would be a battle. But I think their bench would have been better. They had a lot, the Bo Scott played a lot of centre that year as well. They had a better bench, I think. They're talking about this bench right now. Armour is the man with dominant minutes. All the other guys on the bench are only getting limited time, like mm. Leilua, Sele, Lomax, Laurie on the weekend. They're really not trying to use their bench, to be honest. Yeah, I think comparisons are tough as well. Yeah, like and different, different style of game. Yeah. Uh, they were very dominant to one edge. This Dragons team can play both sides of the field at the yeah. moment. Uh, Joe Smith, how big is the Glasby signing for the Knights? Cheers, boys. Love the pod. Well, it's big. It's good. It's good. He's a good, solid player. He's out of the Melbourne system. He's played Origin. He's yeah. young. So I, I, I don't mind it. I, you think there's a kiss of death? Buy beware players. when you buy Melbourne product players. And again, it's no offense to Tim Glasby. He's rock solid. He does a great job. But when you're a forward who's undersized and not the quickest in leg speed, and you've been playing off Cameron Smith, I think there's a shock. Yeah. to the system when you start playing off someone. Well, you, you can look at Proctor. He's struggled since he's left. Um, you look at... Toe Harris has gone well. Different story. He's, he's different, exceptional. He's a class player. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think for the most part, history tells you that those players tend to In stop. the middle tier, though, or guys that you've never heard of is what I'm getting at. So guys that elevate in Melbourne yeah, yeah. that never had a place prior generally struggle elsewhere. Do, yeah. I think he's got the great work ethic and he won't let him down, but I don't think he'll be quite the same as he was at Melbourne. Mm. Uh, Jace Maher. I'm 32 years old and a lifelong para fan. Why do I do it to myself? It could be a... Um, could be a Titan supporter yeah, like Yeah, that's right. Pretty bad time. But you were born the year of the year, weren't you? So they haven't won a comp since yeah. you were born. Yeah. Tough times. 31 years. Rory Corrigan, it's time to name both your origin teams. Well, we already did, champion. All done. Uh, Daniel DV, this week's top three. Which three players have the best one-on-one D? Tackle technique, winning the ruck, shutting down defenders. Well, these ones. Will are Chambers, right. I reckon, has got a good one. On Josh McGuire is pretty good defensively. I think McInnes, I said earlier, is one of the better one-on-one defenders I've seen more Smith, recently. Cameron Smith. Smith's very good at handling people that are much bigger than him, that's for sure. And shutting down the ruck when you want to talk about Simon that. Simon Manning's a very good defender as well. Tackle technique, Jack Trevojevic, even though he tackles a bit old school, he's yeah. very, very good with his tackle tech. I think Josh Jackson's a very good defender. Yeah. So there's a couple of guys there. there. Yeah, mate. Jamie Dutton, do you think the Panthers' form is true or fake form? Same thing again. Hard to know. We're not going to know, mate. This weekend is the start know. of some of the real tests, but you've got to look at their injuries as well. And a lot of those games they could have lost, they still oh, won. I really don't reckon you're going to know until probably after post-origin, yeah. 
George Cronetis, thoughts on the amount of injuries requiring lengthy stints on the sidelines so far this season? Is it comparable to other years? Or does it only seem to be more prominent because there's more high-profile players? Well, no, I think it's just luck. Similar, yeah. Sports, they're, they're, they're bigger, faster, stronger. Everyone works out. It's just luck, luck. Yeah. You know, some people get minor injuries. Some years there's big injuries. It's it's all just, you know, luck of the draw, falling in a tackle. A lot of people are getting their legs landed on or twisted in tackles. It's just just how it is. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Peters, do you think the Celtics can beat the Cavs in the Eastern Finals? Oh, man, I watched that game four today. We're both Celtics fans. So, uh, well, they got two games at home left, but LeBron James is pretty good. So yeah. I think we've got the advantage in that we've got two games left at home, but I think the Cavs have now got the momentum at two all. So I just hope it goes to game seven. That'd be good to see that series go to game seven. But um, the Celtics missing a lot of players, so they've done a great job just to be there. James Hughes, uh, if the Asada scandal never happened, how highly would you rate Shane Flanagan? Uh, well, he's won a comp. Yeah. He's a solid first grade coach. He's a good coach. If he got fired from Cronulla or left Cronulla, he'd get a job pretty quickly somewhere else. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it doesn't really change my reflection on him, but it still doesn't take away what happened in the no. sense of some of the comments more that we bring up and sometimes things he says are just like, well, you know, it's the pot calling the kettle black, yeah. you know, after the circumstances of the past. But he's a good coach. There's no doubt about it. He gets the most out of them and the reflection of him. I think they're gritty, they're tough. Um, he's got a good football side. Fair. Uh, Ryan Stewart, Van Hunter's having one of his best seasons, if not the best. Do you think it's because the Dragons forwards are just on a roll and Woodop is providing great support? Being a Bronx fan, I've never seen him play this well with the Broncos' lack of a forward pack plus a fullback playing six holding him back. I, I think I think he was restricted. Ben, 2015, he was uh, outstanding. Restricted. And I said that he was one of the best halves in the comp and should play about football. And a lot of people thought I was crazy, but I think like Brock, he was restricted. Disrespectful in a way, but I, I also, again, a tick when they said he could play nine last year. But I thought that hindered him more than it helped. Yeah, he, he needed to play seven. McGregor's openly said that he he's told Ben Hunt, go play. Just play what's in front of you. Yeah. And I think I said from the start that he was disrespected. Even when Hook was there, bench hooker, they never really gave him the chance to take that role. It almost took 100 games before he was given the chance to even play halfback. And when he was, they made the grand final. So how after that don't you earn the trust? He had an exceptional season that year. Yeah. So disappointing. Tim McIntyre, thoughts on Todd Carney signing with the Bears and the thoughts on North Sydney? North Sydney and South, their relationship possibly ending due to Todd Carney signing. Well, if they want to know about that. Yeah, well, I heard on the weekend. I think it's good that he signed. I'd I'd like to see him play. I think the NRL, having a big impact in the NRL, is probably beyond him now. I think he's my age. He's 31. So he... um, I think he would struggle. Do I think he can play NRL again? Yes. Do I think he could have the impact that he could have five or six years ago? No. Yeah. Um, the relationship, yeah, that's that's a strange one. I well, I wonder, and I've heard this: the Roosters possibly swap, swapping to them. What does that mean for Wild? And that's an area they're catching from right now. So don't wouldn't you rather have that Central Coast? I'd rather area? have the Central Coast area. Like, I know South Juniors are okay, but that also probably creates a bit of tension. And I don't know how much you're going to get out of that area. Like, I'd rather have that. Well, catchment. Their, their junior rep sides are called the Central Coast Roosters. Yeah. So. I don't know what's going on there with Wyong or where the South... Actually, I think I've I heard that it is ending, their, their relationship. I've heard it is done. It was reported, uh, the bloke I commentate with on so the So it'd be interesting to know whether they're still going to have the Central Coast Roosters still going to be branded or whether they're going to go to a Wyong brand. Well, I don't know, but Curtis, who I commentate with on the weekends, said that that was happening and that he'd message Florimo and they wouldn't deny it. So, Well, I don't think they need... The Roosters don't need the ISP link. No. I think they need the 16s and 18s link there, which means they get the juniors through to their 20s. Yeah. Mm. Brad Swift, why is Robbie Rocco not getting minutes? He's one of the best attacking 
row, second rowers in the league. Oh, I don't. Even, I wouldn't go that far. Brad, appreciate you listening to the show, but I think you need to uh, give yourself a triple reassess. No, nah, he's he's a good player. He's a good player, but he's definitely not, not one of the, the best attacking best players attacking back rowers in the comp. But he's a solid footballer. Mm. Last two, who would you rate as the best ref going around? That's from Arthur Sakulis. <sighs> Bloody hard to say. I try not to focus on the refs to be honest. So I couldn't even tell you. I know that a lot of people get frustrated. I like with checking. Them. I think checking's good. I couldn't tell you. I don't look at them. I try not to look at them at all. Uh, and the last one, you learn too. My name is Joel. What's the difference between Billy Slater milking a penalty and what happened with the dummy halves on the weekend? You said that Billy was just taking advantage of a situation. I'm a para fan. I would have happily seen uh, the next seen a penalty go, penalty against, go Smith. against Smith on the weekend. Do you agree that next time Slater takes a blatant dive, he should be penalised? Well, yeah, but there's no precedence for that. It's just like there's no precedence for these guys being penalised. We, we don't have an issue with it. The issue is is that you know everyone jumps up and down about it, but we never address it. So. Yeah, Slater taking a dive. I, yeah, I get that he's taking a dive, but the players have also made contact with him, so they shouldn't make contact with him. And other and this guys, this is my argument here. Like the players are laying in the ruck, they shouldn't be laying in the ruck. Do you know what I mean? So like they're passing the ball at them, they can't pass the ball at them if they're not in the ruck. So where do we stand as a game? I think we're just got to be clear on, okay, either you can do it or you can't do it. But then again, as a coach, I'll then say, well. We shouldn't be disadvantaged by them having an ineffective defender laying in the ruck. So that means that you'd have to police that differently. It'd have to be, if, if the referee deems that he's impeding his ability to pass, should be a penalty straight away, which would then take it away from the hookers having to do it. The hookers do it because they're there. Mm. And at the moment, it's a penalty. So, of course, they'll continue to do it. Billy Slater, as soon as they get a penalty, taps it and runs at players that are offside because he knows that they'll be sin-binned. Yep. So it's it's the way the game's officiated and what we stand for. So until they come out with a clear black and white, you can do this, you can't do that, players will take advantage of it. And that's what they're doing at the moment. Well, and, I, and I agree with you, mate. I agree with oh, your yeah. points. But you can't blame the players for taking advantage He's of the way the that the rules are interpreted. And I get that with that ruck one as well. But that probably frustrates me more because I've seen other guys get sin bin for touching players who are offside because they try to take the quick tap. Billy mm. Slater's not the only one who's well, got someone Titan, binned. There was a Titans player on the weekend that did it. Yeah. There's been more than one. Billy's done it twice and everyone goes after Billy in particular. Because and I watched of... it and I thought, what the hell is he going to sin bin for? And I rewound it and I said, well, he did make contact with him. Did Marin get binned for it too on Friday? Oh, no, no, his, he was, got, his was for a strip. There's not the only one. I know he's done it twice and it pisses people off, but until they address it, the sadder part is, champion, that this ruck one that you're talking about and they pass it into people, this is being changed because Todd Greenberg and the NRL are sick of uh, outcry on social media, which is sad enough that the game has to wait for outcry on social media before they make a change to a rule. Yeah. So obviously there hasn't been enough outcry on social media for them to address this situation, which is pretty sad. And the absolute last one might be short of memory, or confirmation bias, but Panthers were the young premiership favourites in 2017. We all dismissed the Dragons early 2017 form. In 2018 predictions, now top two teams. Do we go 12 months too early? Who are we time capturing now, irrespective of the second half of the year? Well, quite complicated. Um, well, neither. You just deal with what's happening this year. They're both going very well. We, I, I think we do go off probably a year early. I think, I think that's a fair assessment, but... yeah. How teams start the year, you've got to take that with a grain of salt, particularly with the effect that that then has with Origin because a lot of those players who are performing early get picked for Origin and that often has a lag effect at the end of the year, So particularly with those younger sides. So um, let's, let's see. Yeah, let's see how it pans out. But Penrith, the thing for Penrith 
is that they're winning with injuries. The yeah. Dragons haven't really been hit by injury yet. So Penrith are winning with injuries, and I, I like Penrith because I know that they're performing now without these players, and they're only going to get those players back in. So theoretically, you'd think that they perform at a higher level with their better players back, but we, we don't know until you see it. Yep. All righty. Last bit we've got to do after all your fan questions is the odds and the tips. There is nothing from Mr. Gossip so far this week. I think he's away, so don't have any gossip, don't have any tips from him, but we'll move on now to our tips and betting segment brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate, our mates there. They had another massive week, three from three with their lines, and they are red hot for them last week also getting up three from three. They had Manly. Plus six, which obviously covered. They had North Queensland plus two and a half, which covered. And they had the Broncos plus four and a half, which covered. They are now in the green even further, almost 5% for the season now and up $1,240 for the year. So two massive weeks in a row. Make sure you get on board with them now while they're running red hot. They're starting to get a grasp of the form in the NRL. That offer is $99 for your first month, half price. No locking contracts. If the tips do not turn over a profit for you, your second month will be free. If not, it goes back up to the one ninety nine original. There's no locking contracts, though, so if you want to cancel, do so anytime. But the Pro Sports Syndicate, thanks to Matt and Will and all the boys there, they also support our charity account, which is much appreciated, and we've got a winner on the weekend. Souths into the Sharks. I think it got us just a little bit over 100 bucks. so good to be back on the winning trail now. Brock, you've been riding that wave with the Pro Sports Syndicate. You've backed those lines. Yeah, they're the last five two weeks. out of six the last two weeks. So got a nice multi up on the weekend, about seven to one once I odds boosted it. And I didn't agree with two of the lines, but just proves that this is why you get involved with the syndicate. They uh, crunch the numbers. They've got guys working full time and uh, they're doing a, doing a good job. Things are starting to turn for them. So, yeah, they're yeah. now in the green. If you're... If you're backing them, you're going to be making some cabbage. I mean, realise for some people, you may find the package, you know, fairly hefty for, uh, you know, your average punter out there who doesn't want to spend as much on the tips. We are working on some new developments with the Pro Sports Syndicate that may be uh, more to the liking of some of our listeners who don't want to spend as much on the punt each week. Yeah. Uh, those big lines. Keep and we're going to give away a package. Um, once a week to one listener per week. Um, so, we're going to work out how we're going to do that. But In our questions, uh, or we might put it up there, who's interested in some of that, and we'll get some guys onto that package and see if we can we'll get, get a month for free on board there with those tips and if you like it and hang it in there. But keep your eyes open. Two big weeks in a row for the Pro Sports Syndicate. They're in the profit now. 14 out of 19 bets last week. I think they were nine from, say, 15 this week. But most importantly, those lines are the big ones that you invest in. Three from three, two weeks in a row. So. No, no, no. Five out of they got one wrong oh, last week. They got week. one wrong last week. Yeah. All right, my bad. Well, there you go. So they're doing quite good, the pro sports syndicate. But uh, we've got our games to go through now and our tips. Last weekend, Boxhead, you got six out of eight. I got five out of eight. Gossip got three. So the total for the season now, I'm on 52. You are on 50. Gossip <laughs> is on 45. So there you go. Uh, it's getting quite heavy down the back end of heavy. things. So. Let's get into these tips and odds and betting thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate. The first game to kick us off for the weekend, Broncos versus the Eels. On the Broncos' side of things, Kahu returns. Uh, Opacek is out of the side. Katoni Staggs holds his spot on the bench. George Fire replaces Corbin Sims. Maguire is in the reserves and a chance of playing. For Parramatta, he's lost patience. Gustin's now playing 5-8. Norman at fullback. Scott is out for the season. Ma'u goes to the back row. Terrapoda lock and Vave 
is back on the bench. Who are you backing, Brock? Ah, uh, the Broncos. Yep, I've gone the Broncos. Mr. Gossett also on the Broncos. It's hard to tip Parramatta uh, with what you've seen so far. And the Pro Sports Syndicate, dollar forty-eight for the Broncos, two seventy for the Eels. Minus six and a half is the line. One to twelve Broncos, three dollars four twenty Eels. Thirteen plus the Broncos, two sixty-five six fifty for the Eels. Second game is the Raiders versus Manly down there in Canberra. This is a tough one to tip, uh, given the fact that Joe Tapine's been suspended, so Papali goes to the back row. C. Soliola goes to lock, and Dunamis Louis starts at prop. Liam Knight joins the bench, and uh, Shannon Boyd has been named to start instead of Charlie Gubb. For Manly, two good wins in a row, and as I expected, Hodkinson now in the halves with Cherry Evans, giving him much better balance. George Tafura is back on the wing, so Matt Wright is out of the side. Uh, Walker is obviously out, so I think their halves are a bit better off for that, but obviously it hurts their back line. Lewis Brown has to start at nine, though, with R.P. Corris out, and he's barely played this year. So mm. uh, with that part alone and having a makeshift hooker and no backup on the bench, I'm going to be back in Canberra, but not with a Yeah, I'm confidence. back in the Raiders down in Canberra. Yeah, it's they hard. need a win. They're, they've coughed up a couple, and they look like they've turned the corner, but um, I'd expect them to win this one. Mr. Gossip, he's on the Raiders as well. Clean sweep with the Pro Sports Syndicate. They're $1.72, the Raiders. two fifteen for Manly. Minus 2.5 is the line. 1 to 12 Raiders, 310, 340 for Manly. 13 plus Raiders, 350, 550 for Manly. Cowboys versus the Storm. And this is an awkward one because the Cowboys are at home again. They've basically got nothing to lose. They can throw the absolute kitchen sink at the Storm uh, at this point uh, for them. They've got an unchanged lineup, but Matt Scott with that knee, I heard it was a medial and he might be missing. So this might be smoke and mirrors. So yeah, I heard he's going to have two or three weeks out. Have to see what happens here. But Ethan Lowe is out of their side. Coot and him are 18 and 19. So Tuala, a center winger on the bench is strange to me. Jensen, Fenson, and Molo, who was very good last week. For the Storm, Jesse Bromwich finally returns. Welch goes back to the bench. Tonema Payer replaces Scott, who's suspended. Smith comes back. Brandon Smith goes back to the bench and Grant is out. Joe Stimson starts in the back row and Ryan Hoffman is being rested. He's not in the 21 at all and not playing cup. So that's a bit strange, but we called for at the start of the year that it was probably better that he plays there just because he's a bit younger and he's a pretty good footballer. And Cassiano is back as well. I'm going to go the Storm, but I really feel this is a danger game that they could lose. I'm going to tip the Cowboys. Um, yep. I like what I saw last week from them. I thought they were unlucky. I think they might throw all the chips in here. And Melbourne, I'm not liking what I'm seeing from no, Melbourne at the moment. Neither. It's... I really should have done it last week. I wanted to tip Manly, to be honest, and I'm disappointed I didn't. But Mr. Gossip, he's gone the Storm as well, and they are the favourites. $1.66 with the Pro Sports Syndicate, two twenty-five for the Cowboys. Minus 3.5 is a line. 1 to 12 Storm, $3.350 Cowboys. 13 plus 340 Storm, 550 Cow- Cowboys. Uh, Roosters, Titans. The Roosters, every time you think they're going to string something together, they let you down. They have an unchanged lineup from last week. On the Titans side of things, Proctor returns. To the back row, pushing James to front row, Max King to the bench, and Foto Aker to the reserve. I wouldn't be dropping Foto Aker the way he's been playing. Yeah, okay. I think he's been yeah. good off the I bench. I think the Roosters so. win, but... Uh, I'll be sticking with the Roosters as well, but uh, <laughs> my God, they just can't seem to pull together an 80 minutes or a back-to-back performances. So no. see what we get this week. Mr. Gossip, he is also on the Roosters, and they are a $1.31 favourites for the Pro Sports Syndicate. Three fifty for the Titans, minus 9.5 is the line. 1 to 12 Roosters, $3.475 Titans. 13 plus Roosters, $2.25, $9 for the Titans. Warriors versus Souths. The Warriors, they get back two of us, Sheck, P. 
Pitahika goes back to the centers. Beal out of the side. Mentoring is back, and he will start in the back row with Isaiah Papali moving back to the bench with Afoa, Sate, and Tavanga. So no Lasone still. I don't know if he's injured. Or an Albert Vete outside that squad as well. For Souths, they have Alex Johnston out. So GI moves back to fullback. Adam Dwayhe comes in to play in the centers. And uh, Mark Nichols has been recalled onto the bench. Sam Burgess has been named despite suffering that glute injury. So I'm not quite sure if this is smoke and mirrors. Mr. Gossip. He is tipping South Sydney in this one and backing, obviously, that Sam Burgess is going to be playing. Uh, I think I'm going to go the upset here. I'm not so confident over in New Zealand that Sam Burgess will play. He was supposed to be out for one to three weeks. So I'm going to tip the Warriors for the upset here. Uh, I'll go South. There you go on South as well. Is Boxhead. Uh, the tight, the line for this one with the Pro Sports Syndicate and the price, $1.87 are the Warriors, one ninety five for the South. Minus one is the line. 1 to 12 Warriors, 310, 320 South. 13 plus Warriors, $4, $5 for South Sydney. Panthers, Dragons, top of the table. Going to be an absolute cracker out here in the West. The Panthers unchanged as expected. Peter Wallace still not available. And on the Dragons side of things, they are also unchanged uh, on their side of the fence. So couldn't ask for much more here. Pretty evenly matched in a lot of areas. Uh, I kind of like to think that the starting lineups are quite even, but the big difference here for me is the benches. Uh, Jeremy Lattimore, Mann, Armour and Laurie up against Kikau, Tarmour, Hetherington and Wade Egan. I think particularly with Kikau and Tarmour, that rotation and Hetherington probably gives Penrith a bit more of an advantage and they're at home and I really want to tip them, but I kind of get the feeling the Dragons really want to win this last game before Origin. I think they're going to have a heavier representation. So I'm going to tip the Dragons, uh, but with not a lot of confidence. I, I really think that the Panthers can get the job done. Yeah, I'm going to go Dragons. Mystic Gossip. He's off his own team as well. He's not tipping the pennies, and he hasn't done much this year. He's on the Dragons, so clean sweep all around. 205 for the Panthers with the Pro Sports Syndicate. $1.78 the Dragons, minus two the line. One to 12, Penrith, three twenty-five, three dollars the Dragons. 13 plus, Penrith, $5, $4 the Dragons. Knights versus the Sharkies. Jack Cogger's back in at halfback. Uh, Brock Lamb, he has a cheekbone issue. He's out. SASA is back at prop and king to the bench. Bureau is back in for Safidi, who's out for 12 weeks. The Sharkies, Luke Lewis and Wade Graham both return in the second row. Paulo benched and Kate Will and Williams drop into the reserves. This one's easy for me. Uh, it is in Newcastle and they've been tough, but the Sharks, I think, are going to make it six in a row. I think this is upset um, waiting to happen. I'm going to tip the Sharks, but I... I like um, Newcastle in this game. Well, I might dollar, have a little bit, little bit on them. You'll get some value of the pro sports. You get two sixty-five for the Knights, a dollar fifty for the Sharks, minus six the line. One to twelve Sharks, three dollars, four dollars Newcastle, thirteen plus two eighty Sharks, six dollars Newcastle. And the last game of the round is the Tigers versus the Dogs. The Tigers, Lola here is back at fullback. Maher back in the centres. Corey Thompson goes back to the wing, and Malakai Zalesniak out. Cheekham starts in the back row with Rocco out of the side altogether. Reynolds is back from a fractured scapula. He's on the bench instead of McQueen. And Little starts at hooker. Taylor to lock and Eisenhoof to the bench. For the Dogs, Josh Morris out for eight weeks. So John Olive is in the centers. Fatala Mariner is back this week. So Elliot goes back to the bench. And uh, Clemmer is going to start over Clay <laughs> Priest. Uh, tough game, but I think the Tigers will win this one and I don't mind the changes they've made. Yeah, see, I, I'm going to tip the Tigers. 
But again, I think this has got upset written on it. That effort for the dogs has to pay <laughs> yeah. at some point. You know the Bulldogs are, are going to be in the game and they're going to have a red-hot crack. So um, I think two, 225 on them is good value. Yeah, and Mr. Gossip, clean sweep on the Tigers as well. They're $1.65 with the Pro Sports Syndicate. 225 for the Dogs, minus 3.5 the line there. 1 to 12 Tigers, $3.350 for the Dogs. 13 plus 340 Tigers, 550 for the dogs. So there you go. You've got all of our tips for this week. There is no gossip in the pipeline. Most things have been announced today. Obviously, Junior Paulo, uh, that deal has been confirmed. Glasby going to Newcastle. Boyd, Todd to Carney Titans. stuff. We know Boyd's going to the Titans. So a lot of that stuff has already been basically Wallace re-signed, picked so. up. So not a whole lot there for you. But there you go. You've got our origin teams for Queensland, New South Wales. Answered a million of your questions. Some good stuff there. Lots of controversy and good football talk to start things off after what has been an outstanding round of rugby league. And fingers crossed we're in for another rip one before Origin starts to take a toll in the season box. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to have minimal impact this season. Let's like, hope so. Yeah. It's only really two rounds that are going to be affected by it. So New South Wales fans, and we're, we're part of that, cross your fingers that we pick the right side for once. Mm, well, we'll know. This time next week, we'll be talking about the team that's been named. So that, that that's good. That's exciting. Yeah. Massive game on the weekend, one versus two at Penrith. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be going to that game. Panthers, Dragons, me a rocking in the West. But for now, everybody out there, much appreciated as always. We'll both be going out to that game on Saturday night. It'll be a cracker. Big time. Oh, big time. Big time. Oh, heavy. Big thanks to our sponsors, Penrith Solar Centre. If you're looking to save some money, help your back pocket, fight the power bills, get on to Jake and the boys there, www.penrithsolar.com.au. Warren, depending Boltmaster, all your trade needs, nepbolt.com.au. Poker Deluxe, any football clubs, committees, soccer clubs, whatever you are, they do bucks, parties, hens, all sorts of things as well. But if you want a fundraiser, $1,000 guaranteed profit, www.pokerdeluxe.com.au, $100 off that. And the Pro Sports Syndicate, our major sponsor. Big thanks to the boys there, Matt Will, running red hot the last two weeks, five out of six with the Lions. 14 out of 19 last week. Another good week this week. They are in the green, $1,240. Sign up, $99 your first month. If your tips don't deliver, you get the next month free, and they're going to be giving out a free month subscription for a lot of people coming up once we have that sorted. So big thanks to all our sponsors, and more importantly, to you, the listener, the fan. Thank you for your questions. Thanks for your support. We're always open to feedback or any questions you've got. Hit me and Brock up, and for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.